The views expressed on this episode of My Take Radio do not reflect the views, thoughts, or feelings of the My Take Radio staff, My Take Radio advertisers, or My Take Radio content partners. Listener and viewer discretion is advised. This coverage is live and uncensored, so if you have any small children present, you may want to have them leave the room. What's up, guys? My Take Radio, episode 228 for Thursday, May 15th, 2014. I'm your host, Rich, and our caller number is 347-324-3541. Again, that caller number 347-324-3541. For those tuning in for the first time, MTR is a variety show covering the latest in MMA, pro wrestling, video games, and entertainment with a dose of uh, coarse language on the side. As always, our show is rated M for Mature. And if you want to participate, feel free to hit up our chat room, mtrlive.com. You can also look for us on the GFQ network, where we are currently simulcasting, gfqlive.tv. All right, so brand new, ready to rock and roll. I'm in the zone. I got some some Monster Zero. I got my bloody Superman shirt on today because I'm saving my glow-in-the-dark Godzilla t-shirt for Saturday, which is going to be incredibly distracting, but fuck it, I'm super pumped. But um, let's get into some housekeeping. Got to talk about a lot of things that went on with the this past week's show, last Thursday's show, which I want to bring a lot of you guys up to speed about. Uh, first and foremost, um, for those of you that have been downloading the show, we are, and this is fantastic, uh, we already are up to 800 downloads in three weeks. There's still two weeks left in the month of May. We're, we're clearing 1,000 downloads a month. I just want to take the opportunity and thank you guys for all your support, for downloading all the episodes and for continuing to support the show, sharing all our content, and it really means a lot. We really appreciate it. So with that said, last week's episode. Last week's episode, you guys know, we played some some wrestling clips. We played a couple of trailers, and we talked about Gotham. We talked about uh, the brand new Call of Duty. Uh, we also talked about Planet of the Apes, et cetera, et cetera. So what happens? We, we edit the video. We post the video to YouTube. And the video was up no long, no more than 10 minutes. I get an email from YouTube like, oh, you know, we're blocking your video because you're playing copyrighted content. So I look at it and I'm like, what what copyrighted content am I pl- am I playing? Now, usually if I play WWE clips, you know, they let you know that you're playing copyrighted content. But since we usually have commentary over it and we're not monetizing our episodes, I usually, you know, that's OK. That's never a problem. So when I looked they cited the Godzilla trailer, which didn't make any sense because the Godzilla trailer was available to the general public, including us, because it's posted on our site. 
The second one was the Call of Duty, well, Call of Duty, <laughs> Call of Duty trailer, which also was on our site, and we got directly from the publisher. And last but not least, the third trailer was the trailer, get this, for Gotham, which again, we have a relationship with Fox. I got the trailer straight from Fox. Hell, I played it off of Fox's YouTube channel. So, of course, they they, they blocked it. I disputed it. I gave my reasoning. The show was up and running. We were ready to rock and roll. So, a couple of hours later, show was blocked again. Next thing you know, same reasons. So I responded again, and I was like, listen, I, I emailed you guys the first time, this, 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 and this, what the hell is going on? So the funny thing with YouTube is you can't really reach out to anybody in particular. You just, you know, you put in your form, you wait, and that's it. So what happens is um, YouTube ends up allegedly just, uh, for, for what it's worth, they just end up letting it go through. So... With that said, it was just a, a valuable lesson across the board for a multitude of reasons. Uh, number one, obviously, uh, playing playing all the episodes, you know, playing all the clips and stuff. We're going to play them where applicable, but we're going to be a little bit more cautious with it. Because like I said, I don't want the video blocked. A lot of you guys, you subscribe on our YouTube channel, which is YouTube.com, uh, My Take Radio TV. And a lot of you people email me, hey, man, where's the video? Blah, 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 this, that, and the third. So... To avoid that, we're going to we're going to play clips and we're going to try and play them where applicable, but we're going to be a little bit more cautious just because I don't want no headaches for you guys. I don't want no headaches for our friends at GFQ. I mean, even even Andrew's been getting some 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 flack uh, from, you know, some of his partners about some of the stuff we're playing on air. So, again, I don't want to make any waves or any problems for anybody. And we've done it for 200 plus episodes without playing all the video clips and stuff. But. We're going to try and play them, like I said, where we can, where it's applicable. And again, if I have backup for it, we will definitely play what we can. So that's that's something I figured I'd share with you guys. So MTR 5.0, uh, little problems with the web developer. I think we, we had some issues where I had to get uh, some information from the place where we got the original theme. And um, it's been causing some issues. So there are some delays, but we're moving along as best as we can. But as always... If I get any updates, I will make sure to share them with you guys. All right, so what's on tap for tonight? Well, we're going to talk about the amazing UFC Fight Night card on Saturday, which if you missed it, I put the main event highlight package on our Facebook fan page, and it is insane. Matt Brown, Eric Silva went to war in, a, in, a, in an amazing fight. Definitely top candidate for fight of the year for 2014. So definitely check that out. If you get a chance. Also, we're going to be talking about Monday Night Raw. We got this week's wrestling news. We're going to talk a little bit about some enhancements that we're doing to our live blog, which I tested out this evening. And um, we're also going to get into a lot of the gaming news and your entertainment news. And as always, if you want to participate in the show, you can use our chat room or you can call in 347-324-3541. Again, 347-324-3541. Uh, we got a lot of our regulars in the chat today. Shout out to Mortis I see in there. Jay Santee, Val, Slick, uh, a lot of the MTR regs. So shout out to those guys that are in there supporting the show week in and week out. All right. So before we get into this week's MMA news, I did want to talk a little bit about, and, and you know, this is something that we started talking about last week, and I got some questions about it this week, and that is our Patreon um, situation. So 
the way we, it works is a Patreon account is set up where usually it's people can donate whatever they want, uh, different tiers. We set up different tiers with different rewards, and it's a way for us to support the show and increase revenue and allow us to get new equipment, new cameras, new new microphones, cover events, etc., etc. So we we launched the Patreon account with two tiers: a dollar an episode and um, five dollars an episode. So we do four episodes a month, five if the month has five weeks. And if you donate a dollar, we'll def we'll give you a a shout out on air. And if you donate five, we will include you in a Patreon credits at the end of the video episode. So those are the two tiers that we're looking at. We're still undecided about whether we want to do it by episode or by month. But again, this is something we're working on. It's P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com forward slash my take radio. And if you want to support the show and help us grow, definitely we, we recommend you guys check it out. Like I said, it's better than a donate button. You get to see your dollars at work. Uh, like I said last week, we added a second camera just to test it out, which you can see right here. This is the um, Microsoft uh, LifeCam Studio in 1080p. And if I want to switch back, we're going to go to our Logitech uh, C920, which was a wonderful gift from Slick. I believe it was for my birthday, so thank you for that, Slick. And like I said, it's it's all going towards making the show better, and we're going to try and offer more content and do more stuff for our Patreon subscribers. So like I said, if you want any more information, you can check that out. For My Take Radio app owners, we got a brand new exclusive this week. It's a brand new installment of MTR Beyond the Mic. And this week we interviewed uh, two very talented individuals from the Fat Startup, uh, Anthony Frazier and James Lopez, uh, great individuals that uh, they started the Fat Startup. It's an entrepreneur program with uh, with an urban edge, which don't let it fool you. The name the name is a misnomer. A lot of people they're like you know they see the term hip hop, they get turned off right away. And um, a lot of great guys. They've interviewed a lot of tremendous individuals, guys who I'm a fan of, Tim Ferriss, Ryan Holiday. You name it, they've they, they've done it, and they continue to grow leaps and bounds. So I wanted to introduce their work to some of my fellow entrepreneurs, my fellow broadcasters and brand owners. Hopefully you guys can take something from it. Like I said, it's, it's exclusive on the My Take Radio app, but later on this weekend, we will be releasing it to the general public. But as always, with the My Take Radio app, you get all the special content first before everyone else. So... Very happy about that. The guys from the Fat Startup were amazing, and um, I'm hoping that we can work with them in the future. So that's going to wrap up our housekeeping for this week. We got a lot of MMA to discuss. So you know what? Let's get that ball rolling, shall we? As always, My Take Radio's MMA segment is brought to you by MMA Warehouse. Get the latest and greatest MMA gear, including rash guards, training gear, your favorite fighter tees at MMAWarehouse.com. You can find them also on our website on MyTakeRadio.com. Just look for the MMA Warehouse banners. There's always a lot of great discounts being given to our fellow MTR readers and listeners, so make sure to check them out if you want to grab some MMA gear. All right, so let's get into the big one this week, which was... Fucking tremendous, tremendous, this UFC Fight Night card. It was UFC Fight Night 40. It was 
you looked at the card on paper and you said to yourself, eh, it looks all right. It's going to be decent. There were, there were so many fantastic finishes, so many great fights that I was just, I was just blown away just by the performances, especially, like I said, the main event, because a lot of people, they, they were watching the card and a couple of guys were, were texting me about it and they were like, eh, it's all right. You know, a lot of unanimous decisions, a lot of, a lot of decisions definitely get a lot of people. Uh, they suck a lot of air out of the room. I mean, Ed Herman, I thought him and Rafael Natal at 185 were going to square off and they were going to be slinging heat. And it turns out that that was not the case because Ed Herman got the victory via unanimous decision. But it was a solid, solid fight. I really enjoyed it. Like, decisions don't bother me, but I know a lot of people, they want to see the bloodshed, the violence. They want to see exactly the stuff that makes MMA what it is. And when they don't see that, sometimes they get they do get turned away. But I will tell you, uh, the heavyweight bout with Ruan Potts and Soa Palais was definitely a, a fight that did not disappoint. Soa Palais with a nasty, nasty knockout. He caught uh, Ruan Potts with a short left hook right to the jaw, and that was it. It was pretty much detonation right on his face and lights out. Uh, beautiful, beautiful knockout for Soa Palais who is starting to make some some waves in the heavyweight division. Maybe we'll start uh, seeing him get into some more televised fights. Now, Darren Kriukshank and Eric Koch was another fight, which I expected to end in extremely decisive fashion. And sure as shit, it did. But not for the guy that I expected. I expected Eric Koch to really put the pressure on and make a statement on this card. That wasn't the case. Darren Kriukshank, um really, really got caught uh, he really stepped his game up and caught uh, Eric Koch with a beautiful TKO, uh, dropping a, a barrage of short-range elbows from top position. It was just disgusting the the way that it went down, but definitely a solid stoppage. Great performance by Darren Kriukshank against the dangerous, dangerous Eric Koch. Now, Lorenz Larkin, of course, coming over from Strike Force. He's had his highs and his lows, taking on a very dangerous Costa Filippo, also at 185. And another fight that once again just ended in disgusting fashion. Costa Filippo continues to deliver awesome performances. Uh, delivered a beautiful left hook right hand combination to take out uh, Lorenz Larkin in the first round. A lot of early stoppages. Uh, like I said, great performance by Costa Filippo. And these two fights, the Coke fight and the Costa Filippo fight, really set the stage for the war that we were going to see between Eric Silva and Matt Brown. Now, these guys, they went in there. It, there was no preamble. There was no feeling out process. It was, I'm going to drop heat until one of us is dead. And that's pretty much the way it went. Eric Silva swinging for the fences using incredible striking. And then Matt Brown just turned it up. And um, in the third round, it just went, it just went the way that really I didn't see it going because since it started, both guys really, they came out ultra aggressive. Each guy had an upper hand in that first round. So a lot of people really felt that round was a draw, myself included. But in round two, Matt Brown really started working the striking game. Really, really solid work on his part. And again, Matt Brown is a guy that's gone under the radar at 170. Hasn't really been been talked about a lot, but he made a statement Saturday night, and it was ridiculous. Matt Brown came back to take the victory via TKO, just dropping punches on Eric Silva. It was it was really crazy. Herb Dean stepped in. He was like, listen, you got to fight back. You got to fight back. And sure as shit, it was academic. 
Matt Brown, beautiful victory over a game. Eric Silva redeemed the card. Like I said, a lot of unanimous decisions, which were starting to be re- the card redeemed itself with just tremendous knockouts and TKOs across the board. A great card. And congratulations to Matt Brown, who I'm a fan of. This guy gone under the radar. He got into some controversy for some commentary he made on a podcast a while back about Fallon Fox, but he's been, you know, he, he's been consistently entertaining. He always improves and not for nothing. I think he makes a strong case for a title opportunity and he even uh, voiced his, uh, his desire for one to Dana White. So who knows? We may be seeing Matt Brown and Johnny Hendricks in the near future. But again, a tremendous night of fights from the UFC. It, it's about time because it's one of the things and I'm sure Mortis can attest to this. It feels like that, like the MMA is starting to go into that cycle, much like where, much what like wrestling has, where the excitement just isn't there the way it used to be. The excitement is is there, but it's not on the same level as you know GSP or Anderson Silva or you know Brock Lesnar. Even you know when when these fights you heard these guys were fighting, it was it was an event in itself. I mean, Slick can attest. To as soon as a big money fight happened, he would get the call. Slick, we watching the fight Saturday night, and and that that would be it. And you know, you know, it's crazy. Number one, scheduling, but number two, it, there hasn't been a fight that really has made me want to part with sixty dollars. A lot of the time, I'm watching the fights either on tape, on tape delay, or you know, I'm watching the highlights online, or I'm reading the recaps, or you know, I'm watching them someplace if they're giving them, but like I haven't, I haven't dropped 60 bones on a pay-per-view in quite some time. It's, and it's unfortunate. And it's the crazy thing is that this is a cycle that the UFC is going through. And a lot of people are starting to notice it, but think about it. There's no GSP, no Anderson Silva, all you're relying, you're putting all your eggs in one basket with Ronda Rousey and John Jones, but once you strip those two away, you really haven't created stars that have mainstream appeal, which is unfortunate because there's a great roster of guys. Like I've said before, Chris Weidman, you can do. Henan Barrow, even though he's he's hindered by, by the language barrier. Jose Aldo, you could do. Um, Mighty Mouse is another marketable guy. Uriah Faber is another guy that, you know, he's a great uh, ambassador for your sport. And you're just not creating these stars. A lot of these guys are going through the trouble of creating you know, making themselves stars, guys like Chael, you know, Vanderlei Silva, who's already a legend, in, in, you know, in his own right. These guys are creating the, the news and the and the controversy and the mainstream appeal on their own. It's not the UFC. The UFC isn't doing it, which is crazy. But this is how it goes down, you know. I mean, the UFC, they, they're in a kind of their coasting right now. And this goes back to something we've talked about before, where you're the largest promotion in the world, you're the number one game in town, much like WWE, you get complacent. You know, WWE, when they were competing against WCW, ECW, they had they had a crazier product. Same thing with the UFC, when they were competing against Strike Force and these other organizations that were getting cable time and TV time, you know, shit was getting shit was getting lit up. Now it's it's not the same anymore. Now it's, you know, it's pretty much the UFC is the only game in town, and even though you got organizations like One FC, um, you know RFA, you got all these other organizations out there that are putting on events, but they're not getting the same 
level of mainstream exposure as the UFC because, again, they're the number one game in town. It's like the NFL. You Everybody knows about the NFL, but nobody watches arena football, which, you know, it's just, it's it's a sport all the same, and it's, and it's football all the same, but it's not the football people want to see. Same rules apply. Val says Dana wants them to go out and do it themselves, i.e. UFC isn't going to make you unless you make yourself. And in a crazy way, it's true, but the problem with that is that when you let these guys try to make themselves, they're going to do certain things which may reflect poorly on your sport. And therein lies the problem when you don't put your marketing dollars behind guys who are going to be, uh, you know, who you're going to use as your ambassadors for your brand. But again, it's something that's th- that we talk about all the time and... Like I said, it's just it's just crazy stuff. So we'll see how it pans out in the coming weeks. But let's get into the other MMA news for this week. Um, let's talk fight bonuses. UFC Fight Night 40. Uh, Johnny Eduardo took a performance bonus of 50 grand. Shouldn't come as a shocker to anyone that Matt Brown took a $50,000 performance bonus alongside Eric Silva, who also got a bonus for Fight of the Night. Um this is one of those instances where you knew the guys that were going to get their bonuses as soon as the card was over. So definitely congrats to Matt Brown and also to Eric Silva, not only for delivering an amazing fight, but also for walking away with $50,000 bonuses. In Matt, Br- in Matt Brown's case, he walked away with $100,000. So definitely props to those guys. All right, so there's a couple of cards that are starting to come together, which look really good. Uh, UFC on Fox 12, that's July 26th is starting to get some really great fights. Last week I said Anthony Rumble Johnson is going to be taking on Little Nog, but also Josh the Punk Thompson will be taking on the very dangerous Ultimate Fighter winner, Michael Johnson, who, as we all know, has been on quite a tear as of late, and I'm actually very excited for this fight. I think it's a great opportunity for Michael Johnson to make some serious headway in the rankings, and in Thompson's case, who knows, he may set himself up for a title opportunity. On the Bellator side of things, we got a Bellator card tomorrow night, which, of course, the injury bugs have struck. But we also have the Bellator pay-per-view this Saturday, which originally had a wonderful title fight with Eddie Alvarez and Michael Chandler. That is not going to be the case since Eddie Alvarez suffered a concussion. Michael Chandler will be fighting for an interim title. Of course, the big card, the big fights that everyone's talking about, King Mo. Quentin Rampage Jackson, and of course, Alexander Shlomenko and Tito Ortiz. Both fights, um, definitely both both fights on that card are awesome fights. Are they pay-per-view worthy? That's definitely up for debate. Now, of course, on the Bellator side of things, Friday night, um, you know, some injuries came through. Uh, Patricky Pitbull suffered a hand injury, and he is out of his fight with Marcin Held. So, What's going to happen is Shabala Shamalaev and Fabricio Guerrero will now fight on the Spike TV prelims for the fight card. So a little bit of, of movement here and there, but again, you know, it's going to happen. And in Bellator's case, they just, it almost feels like they got this huge string of bad luck every time they try to put these big, big cards together. I Like I said, um, Tito Ortiz's fight with Alexander Shlomenko, a lot of people are saying that that fight was set up by Tito and Tito's going to take a dive in that fight um, because here, here's here's where it's interesting and, and I want to see what you guys think. Alexander Shlomenko was a punishment-sponsored athlete for quite some time and all of a sudden he came out, he won his fight, he challenged Tito. Now, Alexander Shlomenko fights at a lower weight class. He's going to go up in weight 
to fight Tito at 205. So here's a guy who's a champion of his division, but he's going to go up and wait to fight, you know, to, to fight Tito Ortiz. And again, Tito Ortiz, you know, owner of punishment is going to fight a guy who's on his brand because the guy called him out, even though he's in a separate weight class, it looks a little suspect. Like I said, a lot of people are saying that Tito's going to take a dive. I hope that's not the case. I hope it's just, you know, people talking shit. But it it, it, it it seems a little suspect. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Val says that, Mo, you know, I'm voting for Mo. How about you guys? Here's the funny thing. If And people said this. If King Mo defeats Rampage, Rampage should retire. I, I You know, I'm of the school of thought that these guys know when it's their time to retire. We're just... Um, pundits and it's not it's not our it's not our place to tell these guys when they should retire but i will say this if rampage loses to king mo in decisive fashion i think king mo really needs to work on what i mean uh rampage needs to work on what he's gonna do wrestling wise because i think rampage has something to offer professional wrestling if that's the case remains to be seen but i think that if he loses to mo Rampage has to start rethinking his options. Mortis says, when was the last time Tito won a fight? I don't think he will need to take a dive purposely. <laughs> it's fucked up. And you know what it is? I'm, I'm a huge Tito fan. You know, if you look on my shelf with the round five MMA guys, I got a Tito Ortiz up there. You know, I'm a big fan of Tito. One of my first introductions into the UFC was a Tito Ortiz fight. Uh, you know, a Ken Shamrock fight legends. These are guys that regardless of how you feel about them, these are the guys that pretty much laid the brickwork for what we watch, whether it's Bellator or the UFC or whatever the case is. So I have a soft spot for Tito. Plus Tito was one of the first original hype men of MMA. You know, his t-shirts for all the guys doing his grave digger celebration. Tito, when he was in his prime was delivering exactly what the UFC now needs. Now attention, personality and 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 of course character development and that's kind of lacking right now now tito again he he's in the doghouse with the ufc they've pretty much erased his legacy which is bullshit but right now it really does appear and and it really raises suspicion that tito's taking this fight just to put alexander schlemenko over now obviously this isn't wrestling there's no necessity for anybody to put anybody over but We'll see what happens. Now, uh, Val said, people take dives in MMA. Tito can't afford to take a dive. Didn't that porn star rob him of his manhood? Uh, Rob him, uh, question mark, and then Mortis said of his manhood. You know what the thing was? Tito did an interview with um, the guys from Middle Easy. And he said he went through a very, very tough time. You know, the divorce was very hard on him. But, you know, he's glad that he's able to be, you know, he has full custody of his kids. He's got his life together. And here's the thing. Like I said, I can't hate Tito Ortiz. I don't know what it is. I think it's just because he's such a, he's a hustler. He's an entrepreneur. He built his own brand. He's going out there and, and don't get me wrong. Every time he loses, I get pissed off because I know he's going to say my skull was cracked. You know, somebody stole my tibia. Um, I cracked my pelvis taking a shit. You know, you're going to get the typical line of Tito Ortiz stuff, which, which upsets a lot of the fans, but in terms of just legacy, you look back on some of the fights that he's been involved in. Hell, he made that season of the Ultimate Fighter with Ken Shamrock 
just one of the best seasons period for for the last few years everybody took notice of the ufc and the ultimate fighter when those two guys were coaching because the beef was real everybody everybody was into it everybody was talking about it hell people that weren't even into mma were like yo this tito ken shamrock shit is crazy it, when i when i used to go to work guys used to be like wow those guys really hate each other and it was just great television so tito's tito's um his involvement in the grand scheme of things is something that we really, really can't, you know, we, we can't acknowledge. I mean, we can't uh, sweep under the rug. But again, we'll see what happens. Bellator pay-per-view this weekend. If you want to lay out the money, be my guest. Of course, like I said, we got free MMA Friday night with uh, Bellator 120, uh, excuse me, with the uh, Bellator tournament on Friday night as well. So we haven't talked about the Diaz brothers in quite some time. And primarily because, A, nothing's going on with them. B, it's always a, a, a crazy situation with the Diaz brothers. In this, in this particular instance, Dana White was asked about it, and they were like, hey, what's going on with the Diaz brothers? And Dana's pretty much like, listen, you know, these guys, they don't want to fight. They want all this crazy stuff. They want out of their contracts. They don't want out of their contracts. They're retired. They're not retired. He goes, I'm just going to leave them alone. Because this is prime time for them to be stars, and they're letting that time pass them by. And as much as I shit on Dana White, I gotta give I, I gotta give credit where credit is due. It's like let's let's take Nick Diaz. I'm a big Nick Diaz fan. I love watching him fight. I like the the amount of intensity he brings to his fights. I like how he just switches it on and goes into full warrior mode for his fights. But you know, Nick Nick Diaz's problem is he doesn't want to do the other side of of the business which is hey you got to you got to do press conferences hey you got to deal with the press hey you got to do this and he doesn't want to do that all he wants to go in there he wants to go in there and fight and it's like listen it's a it's a two it's a two-tiered approach it's the build up for the fight and the fight itself and you got to make people interested so that they can pay money to see you and again his crazy antics they work because sometimes when he has genuine beef it's okay. Like when he was beefing with, with George St. Pierre, it was like, fuck it. You know, yo, if I'm, if I, if I'm fighting George St. Pierre and we hate each other, that should sell the fight. And it's not a problem. But nowadays that's not the case. In Nate Diaz's case, you know, he, he had that really, really impressive victory. And then he was like, listen, I want a title shot. And this is the kind of shit I'm talking about where, where you got all these title opportunities and all these different things that the Diaz brothers get. And they're not, you know, they're not really going out there and making the statement for themselves like they should because they're they're too wrapped up in what what needs to be done for the business. In other words, like Nick Diaz is saying, yo, I want to fight for the belt. I want to fight for the belt. But it's like, dude, you can't just come out of retirement after losing an opportunity and then demand a title shot. That's not how it works. You know, even regardless of how you feel, or regardless of how much mainstream exposure is, even if Nick Diaz came back tomorrow, you'd have to give him at least one of the guys that's in the top three for the belt. And then if he wins that fight, then you give him the title shot. But I just find it very difficult for, for somebody to say, listen, you know, you're going to come back in and you're going to get a title shot. It's it's ridiculous. It's insane. And in, in that respect, I, I just, I don't feel that there's, uh, you know, uh, there's any merit in in the Diaz brothers just just sticking around. Listen, if these guys don't want to be there, as much as I love to watch them fight, maybe maybe this is it. Maybe they need to go 
to another organization. Maybe they need to retire. Maybe they need to teach. Maybe they just need to step away from the sport for the time being. As much as I like the Diaz brothers, I there's there's too much there's too much outside shit going on to make it you know to make me interested in them. You know what this reminds me of? The CM Punk situation. The the Nick Diaz situation is kind of on the same on the same playing field as CM Punk in the sense that CM Punk he doesn't like what's going on with the business. He doesn't like what's going on with his booking. He doesn't like what's going on with the story. So he goes home. In the case of a guy like. Uh, Nick Diaz, Nick Diaz is the same way. He's like, all right, I lost. I'm going to come back. George St. Pierre isn't in the picture. Johnny Hendricks is hella boring. So I'm going to come back and people are just going to want me in there because I'm that guy. And that's not the case. Mortis says the Diaz brothers just need to stay in their own world where they're the best of everything because that's what they are in their own minds. It's crazy, but that's what I'm saying. It's like Nick Diaz hasn't been in the octagon in God knows how long. Do I, feel, do I miss seeing him fight as a fan? Absolutely. But you know what? The world keeps going. Same thing. GSP. Hey, I'm going to take time off because I'm crazy. Okay, great. No GSP. No problem. It is what it is. And that's what happens. But again, this is where the UFC as an organization is lacking because they're not putting new stars out there to do the right thing. You know? <laughs> Jay Santi, don't don't you dare compare Diaz to Punk blasphemy. <laughs> but it but it you know what? Jay, I know you you're joking around about it, but in in real in realistic terms, that's exactly what it was. You know? It it's like, listen, you, you don't want to be here, then then chill out, sit home. When you want to be here, we'll be ready for you. And that's it. Now, it's funny because somebody brought up Tim Sylvia. Now, we all know Tim Sylvia. This guy had a, a crazy run in the UFC, got his arm broken by Frank Mir, was beaten up by Andre Arlovsky on the regular. So what happens is Andre Arlovsky came back to the UFC. He put together an impressive win streak, and he came back. So Tim Sylvia, uh, for some reason, he wanted to come back to the UFC, and people started harassing Dana White about it to the point where Dana White had to block Tim Sylvia on Twitter. Now, everybody was asking, like, hey, man, you know, Andre Arlovsky's back. What's up with Tim Sylvia? And he's like, Tim Sylvia's like 0-3. How am I going to bring him back right now? It's different if it was, you know, if he had a, a, an impressive fight resume, but, you know, he hasn't been faring so well outside of the organization. So for those of you that are Tim Sylvia fans, I'm sorry, but it's not, it's not happening. <laughs> so there you have it. it, it it's craziness. It is craziness. Um, with regards to that, but Andre Olavsky is an entertaining fighter, a good guy to have, and he's another guy that may give us some great fights. So we will, of course, monitor it as the story develops. So Mortis says, Punk is a workhorse who has an addiction with being the best and has hit a roadblock and is much smarter than both Diaz brothers put together. <laughs> oh, shit. It's crazy, though. It really is. Like, like think about it. You're You're in a situation where... You're not happy with where you are and you want to go home and then come back and get a promotion. It's like me walking into my job after being on vacation for two weeks and then walking back in and saying, I need a raise. It's it, it really is in the same ballpark. It's like, listen, you want to be here. You be here. If you want to get mainstream exposure, make yourself marketable. That's it. The problem is the Diaz brothers, we all love, we, we love watching them fight. I love watching them talk shit. 
but I just I just don't I don't care about all the all the bullshit that comes with it. I don't. As a fan, not a fan of it. You know, that simple as that. So if you guys have been on the fan page this week, you know that I shared um, that the uh, bill to legalize MMA uh, once again went through the New York State Senate, but of course is now up to, um, it passed in the Senate, and now we're waiting to see if it gets through uh, the legislation and it, it gets approved. Now, here's the thing. We know this is the case. We know that every time the bill goes through, it goes through and then it just dies. That's what happens. It, it goes through and then it just it just gets killed. It gets killed all the time. In this instance, uh, Democrats have blocked the bill from receiving a vote on the floor. Meanwhile, Republicans support is is pretty is pretty solid. So it's just weird to me. And the reason I say this is because, and I've talked about this before, and I'm gonna I'm not gonna dig too deep into it, is the fact that this organ, you know. MMA in general is a cash business. It's a it's a money making business. You open up the floodgates for MMA in New York State, you're gonna get the UFC, you're gonna get Bellator, you're gonna get any other organization, the, any other small upcoming organization is gonna come and put money in our pockets. In other words, it's gonna Nassau Coliseum is gonna get MMA. Madison Square Garden is going to get MMA. The Barclays Center is going to get MMA. It's more jobs. It's more concessions. It's more money for all parties involved. And I don't understand how the city can just turn away money like that. I continue to say the same thing every damn time. And every time I say it, everybody, you know, we everybody shares their political beliefs. Me personally, the way I see it, it's a win-win for all parties involved. We get MMA the city and the state get money. It doesn't get any easier than that. I mean, this is this is a, a a state that needs money for various things, whether it's for charter schools or education, whatever the case is, we need it. The same way that we've opened up casinos here in New York City, as a matter of fact, there's one in Aqueduct Racetrack. It's, it's the same thing. We got gambling here. Why can't we get MMA? We got boxing here. Can't get MMA. It's, it's crazy. But again, we'll see what happens. It passed... Uh, it, it, it's as usual, it passes and then it just dies on the floor. So once I hear something, I'll share it with you guys, but I have a nagging suspicion that when I do hear something, it's not going to be good news on the contrary. It's going to be, you know, the usual, which we all know what that is. Well, I'm afraid I've got some bad news. That's what it's going to be. And it's going to be me coming on air, telling you guys that MMA just didn't get, it didn't get approved. And that's it. But again, I, I, I'd i love to be wrong. All right. So last but not least, um, another fight card that's put together, the Ultimate Fighter Brazil Season 3. Uh, that fight card goes down May 31st. It's going to air on the UFC Fight Pass. Of course, coaches Chael Son and Vanderlei Silva will be squaring off later on in July. I believe it's July 5th now that the fight is penciled in for. Whether that changes or not remains to be seen. In any event, uh, the main event for that card, Fabio Maldonado stepping in for Junior Dos Santos, taking on Stipe Miocic. You're going to get the two finalists for the Ultimate Fighter for the middleweights and for the heavyweights. Damian Maia is going to be fighting on that card, as is Ronnie Jassan. He's going to be taking on uh, Ronnie Jassan's going to be taking on Robbie Peralta. And again, May 31st is when it goes down, and you'll be able to see that on the UFC Fight Pass. All right. 
that's it. Pretty quiet week in MMA this week. As always, make sure if you want to learn more, visit us at MyTakeRadio.com and always keep up via the Facebook fan page. So, without any further ado, we got a lot of wrestling to discuss and boy, is there some shit going on. But you know what? I'm sure Booker T can get us prepared, right? We want the gold, sucker! Hulk Hogan, we coming for you, nigga! All right, so Monday Night Raw opened up with a very, very good opening segment with The Shield and Evolution, which, um, as usual, The Shield continued to reinforce that they are the dominant stable in the WWE right now. And I feel that going the way that they've gone with them is the right way to go, just letting them be the aggressors, letting them go out there and chase the fights, go out there and get at Evolution. I think it just works well, and it, and the opening segment was red hot. They went, you know, as soon as that limo pulled up and Batista came out looking like a like a bouncer at a cheap club and Randy Orton came out looking like the maitre d' at a four-star restaurant, you knew an ass-whooping was imminent and it was, you know, with Evolution kind of being put on their ass. Great way to start the show and leading us into the first match of the night, RVD facing off against Jack Swagger. Now, here's the thing about this match and about Rob Van Dam. We were having a a conversation this week about Rob Van Dam looking out of place with the current WWE roster. Now, I'm a huge RVD mark, and this is going back to ECW at the Elks Lodge here in Queens, New York. So I I will always have a soft spot for Mr. Monday Night, the whole fucking show, Rob Van Dam. But I'm curious, and I'm going to pose it to you guys in the chat. Does RVD look out of place with the rest of the Raw roster? I'm curious. I'm curious if you guys feel the same way, because for me... I think, you know, I love Rob Van Dam, and I think he has a lot to give with regards to just putting guys over. Rob Van Dam's championship days are behind them unless something crazy happens, but in terms of him just having good matches, that's something he can still do. And again, the guy moves merchandise, and the crowd is into it. So, Slick says he is old. Mortis says RVD just doesn't have the drive anymore. He's just there for a paycheck. Quark says, nah, he's chillin'. Jay Santi says RVD should just become a Heyman guy again. I agree with that. I almost feel like Rob Van Dam is currently just spinning his wheels. If anything, I mean, they were kind of teasing something with, with Adam Rose, which, yeah, you know, maybe that'll work because, you know, Rob Van Dam likes to get high and Adam Rose is a party guy. Maybe that'll be a good thing for the Adam Rose gimmick. But I just feel that Rob Van Dam, he's missing something. He's missing, you know, guys like Bill Alfonso that used to come out and whistle and be crazy. He's there we're missing that he's missing that mouthpiece that would do the talking for him it's just not there john says he's like jericho just not as good <laughs> fuck uh quark says i think of him of the as the jericho of this year mortis i agree with him becoming a Heyman guy again but i don't see that happening quark he's there for a few months to help people and have fun and it's true he he's there to have a good time he works the schedule that he does he makes some good money and he goes about his business but the only problem with that is that whenever you leave and come back 
everybody's going to assume that you're not going to do anything. See, with Jericho, it's different because you never know when Jericho might make a run for the title or whether he may jump into a tag team and make the tag team scene very interesting. With Rob Van Dam, it's like, I came, I pointed, and I left. That's it. And with Jericho, it's always different because Jericho is such a such a gamble. It's such a mixed bag with Jericho. He might come back, challenge for the belt, might come back, become IC champion, might come back, jump into a tag team feud. And then he leaves and that's it. But then he comes back a couple of months later and everybody goes fucking bananas. With Rob Van Dam, it's yeah, Rob Van Dam is back. Yay. And everybody chants. Here's the thing. RVD is the catalyst for ECW chants, Rob Van Dam chants, and that's it. There's He's not a catalyst for anything else because everybody just loves Rob Van Dam. That's it. It's crazy, but that's what it is. Jay says RVD needs a sexy ba- valet and call her Mary Jane. You know, it's funny that that would be amusing as all hell. I, I'd be curious to see if they could pull that off without getting in trouble. John adds RVD needs to have a dime bag on a pole match with Jack Swagger. <laughs> at this point, man, shit, I'll take it. it. It at least would make it interesting for both guys. But again, you know, it, it, it's just a lot of wheel spinning at this point. We got a non-title match between Paige and Alicia Fox, which got a lot of people talking. First up, of course, Alicia Fox having a fucking like post-match nervous breakdown, being a complete crazy bitch. And Paige uh, had a really good match with Alicia Fox. There was a lot of great intensity in that match on the part of Alicia Fox. And Paige, this is the thing that, that bothers me with how they're booking Paige. Paige is a good wrestler, but what concerns me is that they're letting her get these like sneaky wins like you know this this quick finisher or the quick roll up and while that's kind of cool it's not making her a legitimate force in the women's division this is a, a a chick who has wrestling pedigree her mother still wrestles Soraya Soraya still wrestles if you look up her matches she's still going out there tearing it up so you would think that they're gonna let her go out there and deliver really really great matches but what's happening is they're kind of booking Paige a little safe you want to let her go out there and really really mix it up what I actually liked from this match is that we got to see some aggression and a little bit a little bit of character development for Alicia Fox I've never hated Alicia Fox, but I've never thought she was great because she's just, oh, look, I'm a black chick that wears a Muppet on my head. That's it. I come out with my Muppet with my Muppet sweatshirt and I have an academic match and nobody gives a shit. And that's what it is. And that's the kind of thing that I talk about on a regular basis, you know, character development. What do you know about Alicia Fox other than her wearing that stupid ass furry fucking getup that she has? What else can you guys tell me about Alicia Fox? other than her furry sweatshirt and she was the she was the wedding planner for Edge and Vicky Guerrero's wedding anybody Bueller anybody nobody can somebody give me something else about Alicia Fox that doesn't lead to fucking exactly that's that's what I'm talking about can somebody give me something John Alicia Fox has been there for like five years now Jay says, at least Alicia Fox is trying something, and it's true. I'm not downplaying Alicia Fox trying something. I think it's great. I just feel that at this point, you're do, you're having Alicia Fox try something at the expense of the of your women's champion who you're trying to create, who you're trying to make the face of your company. 
Like, that's what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not saying that she's, you know, that she shouldn't show us something new. What I'm saying is that you're showing us something new at the expense of somebody who you're trying to book as the face of your organization. I like the competitive matches. I like the aggression. I think it's good. But stop letting Paige sneak these victories in and making it seem like Alicia Fox almost got her. Alicia Fox hasn't been in women's title territory in fucking ages, and all of a sudden now she's really taken the women's champion to the limit? This is something we've talked about before about a hierarchy. You got your upper carters, your mid carters, and your low carters. Same thing in the Divas division. Your upper carters are Natalia, Tamina, the Bellas, as much as I hate to admit it. Those are your upper carters. Your mid carters, maybe Layla, um... Maybe, maybe if you want to take it a little, a little closer, maybe Oksana, those are your, 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 your mid card divas, your low card divas, Rosa Mendez, um, Alicia Fox, right. you know, previously was in that category. And this is what I'm saying. Like you look at it and you really do have a hierarchy in the divas division, much like you do on the male, on the male side of things. It's just, it's just weird to me that you're making Paige look weak against divas who she should be whooping their ass. John says Alicia Fox is playing the stereotypical, highly high upset new kid in school. Uh, the, uh, uh, the highly upset new who the bully got, eh, you know, and then it's crazy because ignore my comments. So many grammatical errors. I can't type. Good night. <laughs> it's true. I tried to put that together, John. I tried to save you, but no, definitely couldn't save you. But, but that's what I'm saying. Like you have your hierarchy of, of divas. Now I, I posed this to you guys in the chat. It based on what I just said about an upper card, a mid card and the low card, where would you book certain divas? Like, like who are your upper card divas? Like I said, for me, it's Natalia, Tamina, and maybe the Bellas at this point. Those are my upper card divas. With that said, do you guys have the same, the same three or four? Who do you guys put in the upper card for the divas division? Cause I'm curious. I'm curious to what you say. Slick says the Bellas are only upper card based on popularity, not ability. I understand that, but again, they're upper card. I I agree with that assessment 110%. You got no arguments from me. But again, in terms of upper card, they're there. The Funkadactyl should be upper card based on ability. Ah, one of them. One of them. Uh, Naomi should be upper card. <laughs> Definitely not Cameron. Holy shit, is Cameron a train wreck in that ring? <laughs> Oh, you don't got to apologize, Slick, but you you guys know Cameron is dog shit in that ring. I don't even know how she's kept the job for this long, but, you know, it, it's crazy. So with that said, Trish Strat- John, Trish Stratus, Lita, and Tori Wilson. I'm talking about active divas, John, active divas, not retired ones. Of course, if we were talking retired divas, I would say AJ. Yes, I agree. Slick says AJ and Paige should have a fucking war. I agree. I think that you can get an, an amazing series of matches, but for right now, you know, AJ's chilling at home with Punk, so it is what it is. Mortis, most of the Divas are in a whole nether, another realm because of Total Divas. I'm not sure I would even put them in the upper, mid, or lower card division. It, well, that's another thing, too. It, it, Total Divas, I understand. I understand where you're coming from, Mortis, but again, let's take Total Divas out of the equation, like I'm saying. That, this is what I want. I want to know from you guys. How do you see... The hierarchy of 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 women's wrestling. Like I said, you got your upper card, which you know you can put Paige and AJ, which are there, and then you got 
like I said, Tamina, Natalia, who come from that pedigree, uh, the Bellas, like I said, then you go down. Like, your lower card has to be Eva Marie, Oksana, and and uh, uh, listen, I'm going to put Lana in there because Lana d- isn't wrestling actively right now. Lana's a valet, you know, so Lana Lana's in the lower card for right now. Uh, Emma, Emma, I'd probably put in the mid card. And if we wanted to use the NXT women in that same category, I'd probably put Charlotte in the upper card as there as well. Um, Jay says Layla should be there because she actually can work. You know, what's weird with Layla. And this is this is crazy. Layla can work, but they just I don't know if they've just run out of things to do with her or they're just trying to use her to put Fandango over. But it's true. Layla, Layla can put on some solid matches. Mortis, bring back Karma and the girls from Shimmer. Then I'd be more interested. Bravo, good sir. Bravo. You have no arguments from me. But I'm saying it's just it's just very weird. Like, see, like when you watch TNA, you see your hierarchy of diva of of knockouts very easily. Because you got, you know, Velvet Sky, you got the other one, um, Angelina Love or your upper card. Gail Kim is your upper card. Then you got um, your mid card, which is like ODB. Um, what's her name? Oh, man. Brooke Tessmacher. They're your upper card. Then your lower card are, you know, just like like the chick from the menagerie, like like that. You know, just just individuals that are OK. They get in the ring once in a while, but they're not really setting setting the ring on fire. Again, it's something that we can we can work on. But I'm like I said, I posed it to you guys because I wanted to see where you guys um would would chime in. Like I said, uh, John says he put uh, Emma in the mid card. Jay says Bailey is upper tier. Mortis says Paige and Natalia had a great match in NXT. I'm a Paige fan, but she has no real competition. It's true. It really is true. And Sasha Banks can definitely work. You got you got no arguments from me. So. Right after we had this really, really solid uh, Divas match, this happened. Well, I'm afraid I've got some bad news. And that was Daniel Bryan coming out and announcing that he had a neck injury and would have to have surgery, which I will have an update for you later on in the segment. Of course, they used the opportunity to write him off TV, courtesy of Kane, but hearing that Daniel Bryan had a neck injury and it was legitimate definitely freaked a lot of people out. And it still concerns me even now with the news I heard. Just because Daniel Bryan is such a great performer, I'd hate to see his career cut short due to injury. But again, we'll, we'll We'll talk about that later on in the segment. So the Wyatt family and John Cena take 1,466 went down courtesy of a of a six man tag match, which included the Usos. Obviously, we know that they're grooming Harper and Rowan to challenge Jimmy and Jay to take the belts and um, pretty solid match. I really like the, the ring work from all, all participants. The you, you know, just the the raising of the bar between Cena and Wyatt is a joy to watch every week. Every week these guys interact. Every week you see something better, whether it's it's better ring work from Wyatt or better promo work from Cena. But these guys, they're complimenting each other so well. And the best part is they're nowhere near the upper card. They're nowhere near the title picture. And they do a great job of just keeping people engaged to watch the current product. And I have zero, zero problems with that whatsoever. Like I said, I think it's a great thing uh, for both participants, for Wyatt and for Cena to be working together. As for the Usos, I think that the Wyatts would make uh, great opponents for them going into the pay-per-view. Maybe 
they might put the belts on the Wyatts just because, just to add a little bit more to them. I don't think they need them, and I really do feel Jimmy and Jey Uso do need them. But again, it's something that can go either way, and it's kind of hard to call where they get placed post uh, payback. So we'll see what happens. But again, uh, Bray Wyatt and John Cena continue to impress both in the ring and with their chemistry. So there you have it. Of course, we get our, our, our mandatory evolution appearance, which led to them having an exchange with, uh, you know, with evolution and Batista makes a challenge to Roman Reigns and they will be squaring off in the main event this evening. Uh, again, a nice little exchange that worked out quite well with all parties involved. They definitely were on fire. Now. We talked about the match with Paige and Alicia Fox and how good it was. Then we got a second match, which of course is pretty much angle advancement for Total Divas with Nikki Bella and Natalia. Now, the thing that bothered me about this match was that you have two individuals who aren't, um, who aren't shitty. They're definitely not shitty. And it just, it got watered down because of angle advancement for the show. I really felt it was bullshit. I really did. I think, um... With regards to that, you could have gone in a better direction. You could have let these ladies have a good match without having to resort to angle advancement for the fucking show. Um, just just something I personally feel that really just didn't work. Uh, Quark says, uh, people calling one in is sad. Uh, John Blade says the chat is fire. Quark, I definitely am going to need you involved for the gaming side of things. Uh, John Blade as well, if you want to chime in. So keep your your phones close for that. So figured I'd put that out there. As I was saying, you know, the, the Bella and Natalia match was just ruined by the need for, you know, angle advancement for Total Divas bullshit. Like, save that for E. Like, Raw is for wrestling and real angles, not this bullshit. It was just, it just was was really piss poor and derailed what was a pretty decent broadcast. It really did. Next up, we get a non-title match with Sheamus and Curtis Axel, which, listen, we all know that Sheamus, Sheamus is gonna turn heel, we know it's coming, Sheamus is fucking boring as fuck, it, it doesn't matter, good guy Sheamus, bad guy Sheamus, Sheamus with a leprechaun, Sheamus with a fucking hat, box of lucky charms, magically delicious, doesn't matter, Sheamus is fucking boring, he's boring. His promo work is okay, but it's all the same thing. Hey, fella, I'm Irish. I come out here. I like the fight. I hit myself on the chest. Like, that's it. There's nothing endearing about Sheamus whatsoever. And I feel bad because, you know, he's a solid worker, but he's got zero going on. Like, putting the belt on him at this point, you had to get it off of, you, you know, you had to get it off of Ambrose, which is fine. And if what they're saying is true about his heel turn and where it may lead is different, and I want to talk about that later on, but it, he's just fucking vanilla as shit. You could have just given the fucking title to Ryback, who's at least uh, moderately interesting. But again... If this is leading to what they've been ru- what what it's been rumored to lead to, we'll definitely uh, have something very very interesting on our hands. So Dolph Ziggler took on Fandango and Layla, and it just it just ended in such a shitty douche-tacular fashion. Uh, the match between them was very good up until the Layla interference, and then Fandango's like, "I love you, Layla." You complete me. And then tongue wrestling. It was just fucking stupid. And and Fandango doesn't even try to dance anymore. He just fucking comes out there and he dances like like Todd in Mom and Dad Save the World, if you guys have ever seen that, which is just, just shit. Like, 
Fandango dancing. I want to see if I can pull this up and not get in trouble. Uh, let's see. Mom and Dad save the world. Let's see if I can find it. Cause it, this is this is pretty much uh, Fandango's dancing. I wish I could find it. Cause it is it is really really shit. Uh, damn, I can't find it. I can't find it. I wish I could because it's so bad. Ah, oh, man. Um, nope. Can't find it. Wish I did. But anyway, that's that's really how shitty how shitty his dancing has become. I was I was praying I could find the clip and and they just don't have one. So unfortunately, and again, maybe it's for the maybe it's for the best. But just such shitty romantic angle advancement. It's just garbage. And you know this is leading to Summer Rae coming back. With, with, you know, her prissy hat in tow, challenging Layla, her and Layla fighting over fucking Fandingo, and that's going to be that. It's just going to be a waste of fucking time for all parties involved. Simple as that. Damian Sandow squared off against Cody Rhodes, of course, the uh, long-time meeting of the Rhodes Scholars, which, of course, is continuing to build on the slow burn of Cody turning on Goldust. It's going to happen. It definitely was a solid match, and you're starting to see some of the heel tactics from Cody Rhodes, and the inevitable breakup is is just weeks away, and it's going to be fine. I have no problem with it. I just feel that in this case, Damian Sandow is just stuck in, in mid-card hell, which is unfortunate because I like Sandow. I think Sandow's a great worker, and he's just, again, he's treading water right now, eating shit, and it's unfortunate. All right, so main event time. Batista comes out, Orton and Triple H is in tow. We all know how this is going to end with fucking interference out the wazoo, and that's exactly what went down. Roman Reigns gets the win via DQ. Um... Evolution and the Shield square off. All of a sudden, uh, the mid-card mafia, the job squad, they come running out. And, of course, um, the Shield grabs some chairs, the great equalizers, and proceed to administer chair shots to the entire mid-card. Poor, poor, poor 3MB just were the worst for wear. But, again, a ton of great spots. Um, Ambrose with the bulldog driver on the chair was tremendous. Uh, Rollins with the curb stomp on Curtis Axel on the chair was was awesome. Of course, we got to see a Superman punch. It was a good ending. Uh, great execution from all parties involved. The only thing that concerns me is that you can only stretch this feud, but so far. Where's the payoff? What's it going to be? We all know it's going to be the shield gaining the upper hand and being put over. But what what happens with the shield after that? What happens once they get past evolution? That's where things are going to get very, very interesting. All right, so let's talk about the other wrestling news for this week. As always, our wrestling segment is brought to you by WWEShop.com. Use the promo code WWESAVE10 to save $10 on orders over 70 bucks or more. All right, so first up, we all know Daniel Bryan is going under the knife. He went under the knife earlier today. I am pleased to report that the surgery appears to have been a success. As of right now, Daniel Bryan's recovery time is estimated at two to three months. What this means with regards to the WWE title, we will find out on Monday when Raw is live from the UK. I personally think that they could probably get away with doing stuff with Brian off camera for the time being, maybe some angle advancement and let him keep the belt until the pay-per-view. Otherwise, if they got to strip him of the belt, I would. And this is this is fucking crazy. I would probably do and I would take evolution and the shield and put him in a match and put Daniel Bryan's belt on the line. 
in the sense that if the Shield wins, Daniel Bryan doesn't get stripped of the belt. And if the Shield loses, then the member of Evolution that gets the pinfall becomes WWE champion. Now, this would be a good way to get everything together, put a lot of high stakes on it, and it would also keep the belt relevant because if when Daniel Bryan comes back, he can feud with, you know, Randy Orton or Triple H or Batista. Let's not put the belt on Batista, but you guys get what I'm saying, that there's there's a better upside there and there's more on the line. I do feel that the the matches with the with Evolution and the Shield, especially going into the pay-per-view, it just doesn't feel like there's anything on the line other than pride. There needs to be something big. There needs to be something insane. Mortis says, strip him of the belt and give it to Kane. When Brian gets better, he tries to take out Kane, but gets stopped by the Ascension. He ends up getting through the Ascension, takes out Kane, and gets his belt back. John goes, what? Nah. Quark, shockingly, I'm so okay with Brian losing the belt. You see what I'm saying? Like, if Daniel Bryan's going to be on the shelf for three months... That's a big, big, big problem. But like I said, if you use it as as a chip, as a catalyst in some in some sort of a bigger angle, you're you're able to to do something more. Like I said, if you have it that the shield, the 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 future of Daniel Bryan rests on the backs of the shield, and the shield lose, then it's it doesn't. You know, Daniel Bryan never lost the belt, so that's that's a great story. And like I said, you 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 guys all know that the belt would go on one of the guys from Evolution anyway. Let's be realistic. Who else are you gonna put the belt on? John Cena for the 800th time? No. Bray Wyatt, not ready. Kane, eh. The Big Show, get the fuck out of here. Mark Henry, eh, hasn't been relevant. Ryback, fuck you. You know what I mean? Like, there's nobody There's nobody out there. That, if CM Punk was back, then yeah, you'd put the belt on Punk. But again, he's not, and it's not going to happen. So... Let's let's go to what the chat is saying. John says, make him run a gauntlet or, or previous champs before entering a tournament to become number one contender for the belt. Jay says, fans love the buildup for Brian to chase the belt. I smell a long story for Brian again. Mortis, a gauntlet of previous champs, Miz, Ziggler, and Jack Swagger. Then John Blade adds, strip him and split the belts. Okay, you could you, we could do that. But again, in the grand scheme of things, who are we giving the belts to? I, I want I, I'm gonna pose it to you guys. If Daniel Bryan was stripped, who should be champion? I'm being serious. Cause what are you gonna do? Put the belt on Triple H? Put it on Randy Orton for the 85th time? John Cena? You know what I mean? Unless you surprise everybody and like put the belt on Cesaro, which isn't gonna happen. Or Brock or Brock. Nice work, Magnum TA. By the way, Magnum TA, I'm glad you tuned in because your your contributions to the chat last night actually won you this guy so do me a favor magnum ta i'm glad you showed up uh send me your name and address on the facebook fan page via message and i will send this to you for your participation in the show last week you left too quick before i could tell you that you actually won this so congrats to magnum ta anyway as i was saying you know there's 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 really hardly anybody that you could put the belt on John Blade says, I wouldn't be shocked if Triple H gave himself the belt. But all right, say Triple H gets the belt. Is there really anything wrong with that? I mean, yeah, it would suck, but it's no different than MVP on fucking Impact trying to take the belt from Eric Young. Just saying. Quark says Roman Reigns, if if Roman was by himself, maybe for, for three or four months, sure. Jay says Cesaro. If anybody out of that entire group of guys that you wanted to go with, maybe Cesaro's the guy. 
Cesaro definitely would would make a, a good guy, and with Heyman kind of pulling the strings, you can at least stretch it for, for a couple of months. Not only that, but Cesaro and Daniel Bryan, instant classics. Instant fucking classics. John Blade, Roman sells himself to the devil to the devil, betrays the shield, joins evolution, and replaces Batista. Oh man. That's that's a solid, solid, solid thing, but here's the problem. As we all know, Sheamus is is heel or is turning heel. Nobody fucking knows at this point. But the plan allegedly is for Sheamus to replace Batista. Sheamus is going to be replacing Batista when Batista goes to do Guardians of the Galaxy as the newest member of Evolution. That's what the rumor mills are saying. A lot of different wrestling sites are reporting the same thing. It's up for speculation, but I wouldn't be shocked because Sheamus is Triple H's boy. So again... Sheamus, um, you know, Sheamus joining Evolution. What do you guys think? I personally think he's going to look really fucking weird with the rest of them, but who knows? Yes, Mortis, I know. (laughs) I was going to talk about that, but thank you. Jay says, I smell a swerve. Could be that too. You know, there's so many things you can do, but again, we're speculating Monday, Mondays of, you know, is a few days away. We're going to find out what the deal is. Maybe they won't strip him. And <laughs> I think Bo Dallas should join Evolution. I think Bo Dallas should join his brother in the Wyatt family. That's just me. A stable of four guys. You got your main eventer, your mid Carter, and your tag team guys. If anything, Bray Wyatt for the main belt, Bo Dallas for the ICUS title, and the Wyatt boys for the tag team titles. Bo Dallas by himself, I just I just don't believe. I don't believe. I don't. I'd rather see him join his brother in the Wyatts than him come out by himself because it's too much of the same thing, too much overlap. But that's just me. Just give it to Dean. He knows how to hold the belt without defending it. Damn, John. <laughs> oh, shit. It's fucked up. Anyway. Let's go through the rest of the news for this week. Uh, Mickey James did an interview with Totally Driven Radio, and during the interview, she confirmed that she does have a bun in the oven, so it is true. Mickey James is going to be a mom, and I've been hearing rumors that she may be a nominee for the WWE Hall of Fame, class of 2015. You know, 2015 Mickey James Hall of Fame. Seriously, Mickey James in before Macho Man? Once again, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't. I can't do it. Can't. Absolutely not. But again, it's a rumor. Take that for what it's worth. So we got a lot of departures on the TNA side of things. And considering how TNA has been going as of late, none of that, none of that would surprise me. Frankie Kazarian, gone. Chris Sabin, gone. Um, Hernandez, gone. Kurt Angle, on the shelf. So a lot of guys, you know, a lot of guys are definitely out. A lot of guys are definitely out of TNA. Kazarian, we know what the deal is with Kazarian. Um, you know, with regards to Chris Sabin, it's unfortunate, but these are guys that they just don't want to take, um, you know, they don't want to take any more. They don't want to take pay cuts. Hold on a minute. Spike communiques. If you are messaging me on the show Skype, I cannot get to you right now. So I will have to get to you after the show. All right. As I was saying, Frankie Kazarian gone. Chris Sabin gone. Hernandez gone. Kurt Angle is injured. And he may be gone because his contract is up in the fall. He actually got surgery for his torn ACL. He'll be out six months. So I almost see Kurt Angle heading back to WWE just in time for the Royal Rumble. So 
I, I would not I would not be shocked if Kurt Angle came back to WWE at the Royal Rumble, and I wouldn't be shocked if Kurt Angle went into the Hall of Fame. How about that? Kurt Angle, does he deserve to be a Hall of Famer? Anyone? Bueller? John Blade says, I'd put Sting in before Mickey James. Mortis, I guess Bobby Lashley is in TNA now. Yes, Mortis, he fucking is. Him, him, MVP, and Kenny King formed the stable today. I'm sure they're going to be called the Ballers or the Players Club or some kind of fucking hip-hop-styled bullshit that you know TNA is going to try and go with. That's what's going to happen Thursday. <laughs> Jay, Jay was doing the live blog this week, by the way, and... And his commentary on the entire situation was just was was definitely four star because it's such bullshit going on in TNA. It's pretty much verbatim them digging everything out of WWE's trash. Eric Young is Daniel Bryan. MVP is Triple H. Um, Kenny King, Bobby Lashley, pretty much evolution. Uh, the Menagerie, the Wyatt family, etc., 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 etc. Compliment, it, compliment that with the fact that they just do really, really asinine things. We all know that Jay-Z, uh, you know, blocked the 100-hand the E-Honda slap from Solange Knowles. We know about it. We all, we've seen it. We've laughed about it countless times. But what does TNA do? Rather than worry about delivering wrestling or hiring good performers, no. They film a spoof of that. And put it on their YouTube channel. I shared it on our Facebook fan page. It was complete dog shit. And I said to myself, this is what we do. We This is how we build our product. You're, you're on the verge. And here's something crazy. TNA's production guys were on the verge of walking out last Thursday because they hadn't got paid. Imagine TNA's doing television and your camera guys and all your production team threatened to walk out because they haven't been paid. So you don't pay your production team, but you film a spoof about a news story that nobody really gives a fuck about. You know what I felt with Jay-Z getting his ass whooped? Those are what I call rich people problems. They don't affect me. They don't affect anybody around me. They affect people that are have more money than I do. Who gives a shit? Jay-Z could buy 17 Beyonce Knowles with the amount of money he got, and he could probably tie her to a fucking boat, drop her in the ocean, and nobody would fucking shed a tear. Who gives a shit? But this is what I'm saying. They go, they do dumb shit like this, but you, you don't have money to pay your production crew. You let guys like Christopher Daniels, Kazarian, Chris Sabin, you let them leave. And then you hire guys because you want to get cheaper. You want to get cheaper wrestlers. Christopher Daniels is a great wrestler. You let him go. You let Chris Sabin go. Seriously? You let Chris Sabin go, but yet we have Rob Terry in a fucking mask. Really? That's what we're doing? It's, it's bullshit. Kurt Angle leaving, I'm not shocked about because Kurt Angle's made a lot of money with TNA. He can probably go to WWE, get a Legends contract, and just chill. Uh, wrestle the occasional match once a year. Maybe we get another match with Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Who knows? But at the minimum, Kurt Angle's pretty much reached his peak in TNA. I think he's got to go back to WWE, and it's it's a no-brainer at this point. Like I said, it really is. Oh, don't forget Willow, says Mortis. Oh, yeah, Jeff Hardy. Now... My wife and I, we were watching Impact before the show started, and I want to I wanna see if Jay agrees with this. Jeff Hardy goes to TNA, creates this crazy character, and is still over, but yet they do nothing with him. You get what I'm saying? You got Willow, you got Jeff Hardy, and the crowd eats this shit up. They love it. They dig it. They go crazy for it, but at the end of the day, 
they're really not you, you know they're not they're not shitting on it they're like oh this is amazing we love this character we think it's great but jeff hardy's not doing anything when has jeff hardy been anywhere near oh i heard a call drop was that on the video side of things no huh you guys still got video in there right yes no maybe so uh fuck jeff hardy is the video still working in there guys let's see because i got video here no no video huh hold on a second uh it says we're broadcasting uh can you guys refresh on your side if you'd be so kind uh video oh okay here we go we got video folks better we see skype shit thank you how about now how you guys got video over there all right you got skype huh can you guys refresh because i see video on my end ah thank you thank you all right that was really weird the video the video feed said it was live it showed on skype but it didn't show for you guys weird mortis i don't watch the video since it's about 10 seconds behind mixler got it all right thanks mortis i appreciate it it's good to know for future reference anyway as i was saying you know tna tna's in a really weird place they got all these fucking guys that you know they're not to say that they're taking up space but let's let's use an example mr anderson I like Mr. Anderson. The crowd is into him. And all of a sudden, Mr. Anderson just doesn't do anything, you know? But um, here's, here's the thing. Mr. Anderson, Jeff Hardy. Uh, yeah, Mr. Anderson and Jeff Hardy, great examples. These are guys that the crowd is into, and they're just, like, stuck in, like, the mid-card for no apparent reason whatsoever. Just stuck in the mid-card. I don't know why, but... They're just there. Like Mr. Anderson, this is a guy who was on the upper echelon of getting a title opportunity. Same thing with Bully Ray. It's like, what happened to your quote-unquote main card? It's like fucking all mid-card guys fighting. And and no, the only guy that, that that's the centerpiece of your title is a guy who you just brought on board. Yep, they're still promoting Bellator, John. They still are. But yeah, you know, it's like you bring MVP in. He's your, you know chief of wrestling operations all of a sudden out of nowhere he puts himself in the title picture a la triple h and then all of a sudden it's all about eric young versus management what about the rest of your guys what about bully ray oh yeah that's right he's feuding with ec3 and dixie carter seriously it's ridiculous tna tna is on some really really weird shit right now they really are val says mr anderson is lazy as fuck John Blade, I was going to watch TNA once, then I saw a bug on my wall and got distracted. Jesus Christ. Terrible. <laughs> Excuse me, you guys are terrible. Anyway, one guy who everybody's excited about on the WWE side is Kenta, and also, and and this is, you know, this is a guy who everybody's watching, this Prince Devitt. Uh, both guys look to be WWE bound. Um, one thing that's kind of reinforcing that Kenta is signed is that allegedly Sakamoto got re-signed and he's going to be paired with Kenta Kobayashi when he comes to WWE. Again, take that with a grain of salt. We don't even know if that's going to be the case, but as of right now, it looks like Kenta and Prince Devitt are a lock to head to WWE developmental. In Prince Devitt's case, he's got to resolve some visa issues, but he should be on NXT um you know, within the next couple of months. But again, everybody's kind of speculating that both signings are a lock. One side said yes, one side says no. As of right now, I, I take it with a grain of salt. That's all I'm saying. 
I would like to see um, Kenta definitely in, in WWE. I think he would have some great matches with, you know, Daniel Bryan, Sami Zayn, Cesaro. Uh, really great workers like that are going to bring out a lot for Kenta. But again, if if he's not signed, then, you know, it's all, it's all bullshit for the time being. As for, um, you know, Prince Devitt, I'd, I'd love to see that. You know what's funny? I heard Yoshitatsu is doing announcing. I don't understand how that works because Yoshitatsu's English isn't exactly great. And I'm not even going to impersonate his announcing because I'm sure somebody will get offended and we'll get into some serious trouble. So let's not have that. So when we were talking about last week's releases, we were talking about Mason Ryan and um, the guys from, you know, a lot of guys from developmental getting released. Now, the Mason Ryan release, you're probably asking yourself, why would you get rid of Mason Ryan when he's a better worker than Batista? Well, as it turns out, a lot of people are saying that Mason Ryan, he just wasn't getting it fast enough. He wasn't catching on fast enough, which is very strange, but... You know, if he didn't catch on, you're not going to keep him on your roster. Now, I guarantee you TNA will pick him up because here's a guy, he's big, he's Welsh. You could put him with a guy like Magnus and it'll work. He could be Magnus's muscle if you wanted. And not only that, but TNA has a very, very strong presence in the UK. So a guy like that is an easy pickup for them. So... I don't think you've seen the last of Mason Ryan. On the contrary, I think him going to TNA is not a question of, you know, if it's going to happen, but more when it's going to happen. That's all I'm saying. As for Hernandez, I almost feel that Hernandez may get a call from WWE because they need more wrestlers to connect with the Latino demographic. Hernandez also fills the the big guy fetish that Vince McMahon is such a fan of, so you never know. Hernandez in NXT would not surprise me. Jay, if you're if you're if you're still in the chat, what do you think about Hernandez heading to NXT? Do you think it'll happen? I'm curious to see what you got to say about it. Jay says Hernandez is going to GFW. All right. You know what? I wouldn't be surprised because Jarrett was pretty high on Hernandez. I think they, they almost put the belt on him. I remember when he was going through the the super mechs phase where everybody was digging him. But him going to GFW, no, I wouldn't be shocked if it happened. All right. So. Big news today, WWE renews their deal with NBC Universal. Of course, this is a long-term deal, which includes the package of WWE Raw, SmackDown, and Total Divas. Of course, Total Divas on E! SmackDown, there's a rumor that it may go live on Tuesdays. We'll see if that's true. And of course, Monday Night Raw on USA. I'm not shocked in the least that that went down because, again, it's it's a win-win for all parties involved. On the contrary, for NBC, they got a great lineup on USA and WWE leading that on Monday nights is 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 solid. Uh, the Sci-Fi Channel, some of the highest ratings come from SmackDown on Fridays, and if you move SmackDown live to Tuesdays, I think the ratings are going to be really good as well. Definitely pumped. Either way, I'm glad WWE got the this television negotiation situation resolved, and of course the network continues to grow by leaps and bounds, and hopefully by the time the year is over, they will have broken the 1 million subscriber mark. All right, here's here's one thing I wanted to talk about before we wrap up the segment for this week. And I've been watching the you know, I've been watching the WWE network and I've noticed that the Xbox One version of the network has improved quite a bit. I think there's definitely um, a lot of good offerings. I think the first couple of days it was a little spotty, but now it's running a lot better. I think the PlayStation 3 version thus far has been the better uh, version of the WWE app, but I have to commend uh, Microsoft for giving us uh, a pretty good 
Xbox Live experience on the Xbox One with WWE. But again, uh, something I just noticed over the last couple of weeks. Um, yes, the 360 version is still behind, John. I agree 100%. Um, you'd really think that the that the Xbox 360, which was an older system, they'd resolve all those issues right away. Unfortunately, that was not the case. Jay says that the PS4 version is running well, as is the Roku version. Yeah, I'm hearing good things about the PS4 version. I had a, a friend of mine send me some screenshots, and it looked really good. Uh, definitely impressed with that. Uh, Quark says, Sony, Master Race, fuck Xbox 360, and... It's funny because this is one of the reasons why I wanted Quark to come on board. And I definitely want to bring Slick on because there's a lot of gaming stuff I want to get into. And, you know, we got E3 around the corner. I think I'm going to probably do an E3 Super Show uh, with during the week of E3. Maybe we'll get our friends from VGN and a couple of other gaming journalists who aren't complete assholes who we genuinely like uh, to come on air and discuss some of the stuff coming out of E3. Maybe we'll get an E3 panel together and um, it should be a blast. I mean, we've done E3 shows before uh, with, with the guys from VGN, with our own staff and it's been really really fun stuff so hopefully we'll have something cool for you guys in june anyway so minus that the wrestling news for this week are a closed let's get to the gaming side of things there's a lot of stuff we got to discuss and um the mpd numbers are out for april and you know quark wanted to discuss that because he had some stuff to say about titanfall which i'm sure if you've been on mytakeradio.com you'll see that he was very vocal about titanfall in his latest piece anyway let's get into some gaming news let's take it away All right, so whenever you guys are ready, you guys can call in. I see Jay is, can a brother get some swag, anything? <laughs> oh, man. Don't worry, Jay. I, 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 got, I got you. Hey, how about this? I still owe you a dinner. When the fuck is that going to happen? You're over here asking me about swag. I'm talking to you about food. What's the deal? Whenever you guys are, are ready, you guys can call in slick. Let me know when you're clear. So, um... So I could bring you on board, too, because this is going to involve all of you guys. It's a little bit of all hands on deck. I know you owe me dinner, too, Slick, and I'm (laughs) I know you owe me dinner and we got to make arrangements for that. So rest assured, I haven't forgotten when it comes to food. I do not forget. That's for shit. Sure. Anyway, I see uh, who we got. Slick, let me know when you're ready. Oh, he is ready. Let me bring him in. Slick, what's up, dude? What's up? Dude, we got we got some some good stuff this week. And I know that, um you know, John Blade and Quark may be joining us. And I wanted to get into it because obviously the MPD numbers are going to be a big topic of conversation, but you, you know, you've been putting out a lot of stuff for watchdogs and some of the other games coming out for the PlayStation four. And last week we got into a really good uh, conversation about Nintendo. And the funny thing was, I wanted to bring you on board because a couple of listeners were talking about how our, our, our chemistry when it comes to discussing the gaming industry is, is very, very good. And I figured you'd be you'd be happy to know that, so I figured I'd share that with you. No, I'm, I would agree with them. I mean, we, like you said before, we we can favorably disagree. Like we don't we don't get into like types of shit. There's no there's no reason for that. I see that um, Quark and Blade are on board. Let me uh, let me cue them in. You're on the air. Which one is this? Quark, the captain. All right, John Blade, are you with us? Hello. What's good? All right. So 
I wanted to bring you guys on board because that there was a lot of stuff that went on this week. Of course, now that you guys are finished with school, you're jumping back into the gaming scene. We got a lot of crazy stuff going on. We got E3 around the corner. Uh, so I want I wanted to catch up with you guys. Uh, Quark informed me that he is part of the Sony Master Race. Uh, he's got himself a PS4. So I wanted to ask, you know, Quark, how do you feel so far with the with this brand new generation of of, of hardware from Sony? Where 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 do you stand? The shit looks good, but the games used to, uh, were better. I think back then. I mean, Infamous Second Son's pretty good, but besides the fresh coat of paint, I mean, I still feel like we're living in the past, to be honest. Okay, Slick, do you agree? No, I mean. In terms of graphics and capabilities, it's definitely in terms of like infamous. The steps are being taken. It's just that, like I said in the review, they're not putting their best foot forward. They're not pushing everything forward. Like the problem with Infamous Second Son is that unless you play the DLC, the story is pretty shitty. <laughs> well, damn. Yeah, it, uh, definitely, I was a huge fan of the second Infamous. Right. And um, playing through playing through Second Son, I mean. I just, there's no drive to, like, really go forward. I just, I just don't really, it almost felt rushing away. Okay. Well, here's, here's something very interesting that came out this week, and I, when I heard it, I was like, really, this is a news story? And the reason is because this has been a, con- a, a conversation, uh, Quark and I kind of touched on it a little bit when we were talking about it off air, and Slick and I have talked about it as well, and that's Sony revealing the performance specifications for Watchdog on the PS4. The company actually went on their website and said that the game is going to officially run at 60 frames per second with 1080p resolution. Uh, Ubisoft hasn't revealed the specific specs across all platforms for the game yet, but Sony went out of their way to let everybody know that they're running it at 60 frames per second and at 1080p. So I'll start with Slick first. Rich, can I can I interject this? Yeah, that's that's what I was going for. So go ahead. Um. Ubisoft has since released, uh, I forgot what side I read it on, because I read it earlier today. Okay. That Watch Dogs on the PS4 is running at, I think, 960p, which I don't even know where the <laughs> hell you get that number, and 30 frames per second, and it's running on the Xbox One at about 900p at 30, 30 frames per second. Okay, so here's the thing. Sony goes out of their way to talk about 60 frames per second, 1080p resolution. Now, before I I take it to you guys, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to be 100% honest. Nobody gives a fuck about resolution or frames per second. You want to know why? Because the only time that shit becomes relevant is when you're playing on big-ass fucking TVs. And even if you're playing on big-ass TVs and you're beasting about resolutions, then you're not really enjoying the game. If you're going to stop and look at how many lines are on your screen that make up a picture, you're a fucking asshole. Yo, Period. I'm playing fucking Titanfall on the 360 on my little ass TV, and I'm loving it. I highly doubt I'd have a better experience. There you well, go. Obviously, I'll have a slightly better experience on a bigger TV, but it ain't going to make that much of a fucking difference. Okay. Sorry. Well, here, here's a good example. You know, like, like, I agree with you. I mean, I think resolution, it, it's there's between 900 and 1080. Who gives a fuck? I mean, in my opinion, I don't even think 720 and 1080 is that huge of a difference. Well, so seven... There's a slight difference. But it's not, I'm not going to fucking walk over it. Well, 720 and 1080p becomes more apparent once you go over 40 inches on a TV. Now, the reason, now, with with Slick, Slick plays predominantly on on a big screen. So, Slick, I think, hasn't played a game on a small screen in fucking, like, 10 years. Am I right? (laughs) Maybe more? 
the smallest screen I've played on <laughs> is 34 inches since like 2004. I mean, there you go. Right now, the smallest screen in my in my house right now is 47. There you go. So at 47, if you were looking at seven at a, at a 720 picture and a 1080 picture, could you notice the difference? Be honest. On a video game, maybe not. Okay. More so like on a on a movie. But like a well done video game, like um, again, we'll go back to the first and second infamous. Those ran, I believe, at seven twenty P and they looked fantastic. The hey. um current infamous second son runs at ten eighty P and it pretty much blows away just about everything else that's come out so far this year. Visually. Okay. The problem is, like Clark said, he said he, he's playing Titanfall a little less TV, and he's enjoying it because he's enjoying the game itself. Right. At a certain point, you know, the graphics don't matter too much because you got to still have a good story and good gameplay. There you go. Yeah, I mean, if Watch Dogs, and it got delayed. So hopefully they use this time to make it a better game. But I don't care if it's going to have a fresh coat of paint. The reason people loved GTA V wasn't because it looked really good. I mean, it did for a current-gen game. But the reason that game got so much love is because it was just a great game. Right. Watch Dogs isn't going to do anything if it looks like virtual reality Chicago. It's not, no one, no one's going to care, oh, it looks really pretty. Because guess what? In five years, no one's going to remember that game looked pretty. They're going to go back and look at it, and they're going to think it looks terrible. It's a good, it's a, for the gameplay. Well, remember experience is not exactly graphics. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna toss it to John Blade for a couple of reasons. John John is you know done a game you know he's gamed at home and he's also come by me and he's played games and you even even Quark can attest to this. And all our technology is different across the board. Did did resolution or picture ever matter? at any point to you guys, whether it was playing over here by me or in your own houses or at college, did it did it matter to you at all? Was it a factor in the least? Absolutely not. <clears throat> there you go. And this like is what... When I, when I, when I like, play a game on... Like if I, I, I was like, for a brief moment, I'll notice, man, this game looks really good. Right. And for that split second, yeah, it's cool, but after a certain point, who really cares? As long as I'm not playing an 8-bit game, I'm, I'm having fun. I'm fine. There you go. So... With that said, here's here's something very interesting, and I'm sure I'm sure Quark is going to be quite vocal about this. So you know that Titanfall's DLC came out today, and Xbox One and PS and uh, play uh, excuse me uh, PC owners were extremely excited for for their DLC because it would extend the shelf life of their game. Well, Xbox 360 owners got fucked again. And this is why respawn respawn confirmed that because the 360 version was done by an external development. The game will always get its content and updates after the other versions. Can you believe that That's shit? That's their way of keeping us in our place. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's it. The DLC, the DLC is their bitch stick. That's what that's it. You just got hit with the bitch stick. Oh, DLC, you wanted that? The 360 is so fun. No, it's not. No, it's not. It really it really is and and I'm going to I'm going to pose it to you and and Quark. Do do you feel that it really is the developer the developer's job to push you towards buying a new console? Do you feel that they pretty much put the ball in um you know, put the ball in in response court. Like, go ahead, guys. You know, try and get these guys to to buy more units. Yes, I'm just happy they're giving they're giving to us at all. <laughs> 
Danny says typical man, offshore tactic. Like, man, you you this DLC looks fun, you know, for us. You you could join <laughs> us. Just, just, just got to show out four hundred dollars. It's like oh oh yeah oh yeah that DLC you wanted yeah th- about that. You're gonna need to wait a uh, couple of months to enjoy it. By then the game's all old and shit. You could buy it for like nine ninety nine at GameStop. No one cares. Yeah, it also helps that every time I turn my Xbox on, there's also a big Xbox One ad right in my face. <laughs> Starting at three ninety nine, we listen to America. That's it. Well, well, you know what's funny about that, and here's a. Uh... Here's the here's the funny part about that. You they, and and I'm glad you brought it up. The whole 3.99 price drop. Everybody, listen. I love I love my gaming colleagues. I you know I, I I have a lot of great friends, a lot of great relationships in the gaming industry with a lot of cool people. But sometimes I feel that it's very easy to write an article and make it clickbait because it's it's the right thing to do like it's a slow news day like when xbox announced oh yeah we're gonna release it without a connect for 3.99 i said to myself whoop the fucking do like you knew it was coming whether it was at e3 after e3 before christmas eventually the 100 hundred dollar price drop was coming and the fact that everybody was so Oh my God! Xbox finally listened. Da 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 da. It's like because you're not doing shit with the connect, connect Xbox on, Xbox off, Xbox go fuck yourself, Xbox put on the baseball game. I, well, in my defense, I use my connect daily to hold down my paper. All right, there, there you go daily. to hold down your paper. It's extremely important that paper can't be blown away by my fan in my hot ass room. <laughs> so yes, the connect is very important. Uh, you know me too well. Exactly, but I'm just talking about that everybody's talking about it being so revolutionary. What? Because you took the connect out? Don't you guys think for one second that the PlayStation 4 would have been that same price that the Xbox One was if you would have included the fucking camera? Yeah. So, there you go. Pretty much. Slick, you got you bought the I'm PS4. Hold on a second, I'm not spending $500 for my cable box to watch me masturbate. There you go, but... I can but... now unplug the all-seeing eye. <laughs> Here you go, but... but <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna... Big Brother's not watching, and I save the buck. I'm gonna I'm gonna put it on, on, on Slick for a second. Slick, you bought the PS4. Was the camera at any point on your radar for a pickup? I have the camera. You did get the camera. Of course he does. Of course he does. <laughs> Sony fanboy. Oh shit! Sony no, fanboy. no, no, no. Slick, slick. I wouldn't even put slick in fanboy cat in a fanboy category. It's impossible. Of course, not. I respect slick too much. It's impossible. The reason I wouldn't put him in a fanboy category is because slick has fucking everything. He's 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 he does the same yeah, shit I do. Reach. It's a little bit. It's a little bit of everything. It's it has to be partly because it's work, but partly because we're fucking gluttons for punishment and we just want to set our money on fire. But it's true. I mean, I, I didn't even know you bought the camera slick. Have you used it at all? Is it useful for anything? I've used it with, um... I've used it with That's about it. You use it to take selfies with your character from Infamous, right? <laughs> oh, shit. Basically, <laughs> that but that but that's Take really it. Just Photoshop yourself right into it. This is this goes back to that's what we a feature I pay hundred bucks for. This goes back to what we had talked about a couple of weeks back, which was the fact that these peripherals, like all oh, the Connect, Oculus Rift, all this shit. Listen, it's all wonderful, but nobody wants to touch it because it's extra fucking work. Oh, look, put on this big, ridiculous helmet so you look like Cyclops from X-Men so you can see the entire world in the game, in your head. Who cares? You know what the, the, the PS5 and the PS4 does? It, um, it allows for visual login, like it logs in based on your controller and your face. Yeah, the Xbox One does it. Gives it gives you 
a small degree of voice control. Okay, but but again, is the voice control the end all be all? And this goes back to what I said before about people just being fucking lazy. It's like really, you can't press one button, one one I button. Think, to uh, the fingerprint lock on the iPhone five. You know, well the 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 fingerprint shit was just because they're running they're running out of ideas. I think we're reaching the the maximum with with regards to to mobile technology. Like, hey, your phone can take your blood pressure, check a stool sample, you know, let you know if you have a low sperm count. <laughs> hey, if you put a, a blood droplet on the fingerprint scanner, it'll let you know if you have AIDS or not. Come on, you break. None of that shit is necessary. Here's what I need my consoles to do. Play games, look good while they play them, and that's it. Hey, you want to let me stream from the console? Netflix. Thanks. Thanks for letting me stream. You know, that's something I actually felt I needed. Great. But seriously, who gives a shit? Like like I told Quark. Quark asked if I was using my Xbox One to watch cable. You know what I did? I bought a splitter, and I split my cable signal, one into my TV regular, and one into my Xbox One, because I don't need that shit all the time. It gets cumbersome. Oh, Xbox, tune to channel four. Oh, Xbox, do this. Oh, X, it's like, come on. Really that serious? No. If I could chime in for a second real quick. Go ahead. I think the problem, the reason that they're dropping the Connect is because, they, you know, the advertising is Connect 2.0. You know, we fixed all the problems that everyone had with the first Connect. And then it comes out, and then the problems are still there. It's not, it's not, it's still not ready yet, despite what they want to think. Yep. This whole, you, you still need to live in a, a fucking... You need to be in a living room. You know, I can't. I wouldn't be able to use it in my room. My room's too fucking small for it to connect. Yep. You need to be a certain distance away. The voice commands aren't all there yet. There's only set voice commands. Why? Why would I say Xbox play a game when it might launch a completely different application? Now you're now you're taking time out of my fucking day. There you go. With your cumbersome ass prod. You know what I mean? If the voice commands aren't even there yet, clearly they they realize. Well, shit, we're not ready yet. Maybe 7.0 will finally be perfect, but in 2014, it's not ready. It's not. And I just feel it's not an accessory that that really enhances your experience. Yeah, you know, there's motion, there's all this stuff. Like, everybody says, yeah, but you know, you get to use your total body as a controller. You know how you could use your total body as a controller? (laughs) By going outside and going for a walk. How about that? Hey, you want to use your body... Hey, you want to use your body for a controller? Go play a pickup game of basketball. Hey, here's a novel idea. Maybe walk your ass to the store. No, I'm, I, I mean, you know, minus. Yeah, but but you know, Quark Quark is being Quark is being facetious. But I, but I'm being serious. It's like, oh, you use your your whole body as a controller. Yeah, how about going the fuck outside? How about getting laid? New Connect game. Walk to GameStop and sell your games for fifteen dollars. <laughs> there you go. Xbox One, sell Titanfall for twelve bucks. <laughs> Seriously, it's 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 ridiculous. Like 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 Quark just said, the technology is nowhere near being remotely fucking important for my experience. And anybody that goes on uh, on on these rants about how it's so important and so revolutionary, I want to know how much revolutionary shit they're legitimately doing. Like, yo, is your Connect making you fucking pancakes? Because the only thing my connect does is watch me fucking get dressed in the morning. You know, like if the NSA is watching my fucking connect, they're seeing me get dressed, eat food, and do the show. Be angry? Oh, always angry, my dude. My connect tells me that I'm sexy. <laughs> well, that too. <laughs> you know, like, like, seriously, everybody's talking about the NSA and all this shit and all oh, Big Brother watching. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. All you guys that go on these rants about the NSA watching you through your connect. No, the, the NSA guys got better shit to do than watching you jerk off to Sheep Farmers Weekly. Get out of here. It's fucking stupid. 
So I'm not the only one. Fantastic. There, there you go. <laughs> but um, switching gears, I'm sure I'm sure uh, Quark and and Blade will appreciate this. We got some Darksiders news this week. How about that? Uh, Joe Maduro from Joe Maduro from Vigil Games said that at Nordic Games, the new company that purchased the franchise, is working on bringing the series back. Nordic Games acquired the IPs for Darksiders, Red Faction, MX versus ATV, Supreme Commander, Frontline, Stuntman, Juiced, Full Spectrum Warriors, and Destroy All Humans when THQ went bankrupt. So Darksiders is not dead. Now, with that said. Do you think that a next gen Darksiders would get the IP back in the public in in good in, in quick fashion, or do you think it's going to be one of those things where it's too far gone and it's going to take a little bit more time and an introduction to get that that universe back on track? Yeah, to make an actual oh, sequel, not a prequel again. <laughs> Why are you mad, bro? <laughs> I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting. <laughs> Yo, he is he is super upset. He is on some some super sadness. Did you deal? I still Darksiders one. He's like, no, it, it, I won't be alone. And the motherfuckers are coming down to comment. And then oh, it was awesome. It, it was I'm fantastic. Darksiders two. No, that shit was the Lion King one and a half of that series. That was a fucking side story. <laughs> Damn, that's a that's a good that is a good that is a good right, analogy so for that. How you really feel? But 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 minus. <laughs> No, minus minus it being one and a half though. You gotta admit, Darksiders two was pretty badass. Minus it being one and a half, it was a good game. Short, oh, I but good. Lie. Yeah, it was good. I remember, I remember, you know, uh, going back to when Slick and I first saw that game, and the amount of, you know, the amount of press and and the love that those guys showed MTR, and then when we played that first game, I remember Slick and I were playing it, and it it almost felt like it was a mad dash to see who finished first. And you know, Slick likes to complete the game, so Slick went all in, and he calls me, he goes, "Yo, that fucking ending," and I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> that was that was the conversation." Yo, that fucking ending. I'm like, "Yeah." Yeah, yeah. You know when the, when those guys when those guys came on air, it, I I genuinely was excited to tell them like, yo, I loved your fucking game because it, it it was it was great. The only thing is, you know, like everything else, once the IP got sold, it was you know it's in limbo. Even now with this, that Nordic Games may be wanting to bring it back. I just feel that it's like Bayonetta. Everybody talked about Bayonetta being a fun game, and then they did the follow up on the Wii U, and nobody gave a shit. Okay, yeah. Well, out, dude. It's not out yet? All that fucking hype and they oh, didn't even release it? Really? Holy shit. Here I'm thinking that the shit was out because, you know, they talked about it like it was the second coming, like it was the resurrection, and the shit ain't even out. It will be the second coming. You just gotta wait. <laughs> 1231 2014. You still, yeah, you still got a ways to go. Oh, jeez. Hey, yo, you're still with the Xbox One. When Bayonetta comes out, your fucking cable box will burst into flames on the resurrection of the Wii U, son. <laughs> oh, he's going. The, 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 the Wii U is. It, I can't even go into it. If I, if I crack open conversation on the Wii U, we'll be here for another five hours like last week's show. But um, oh. for those of you that are fans of. I ain't got nothing to do tomorrow. Oh, well, lucky you. <laughs> For those of you that are fans of Diablo 3, they will be releasing the new one with the expansion, The Reaper of Souls. Um, the Ultimate Evil Edition will be released as a console exclusive on August 19th for PlayStation 4, PlayStation 3, Xbox One, and the 360. Of course, you'll get the original Diablo 3 along with new features and updates from the Reaper of Souls expansion pack. It will also feature six customizable character classes and five acts. 
All four con- uh, console versions feature four-player, same screen, and online multiplayer. Any of you guys messed with, with uh, Diablo on console? I got the demo. It was all right, it I guess. It seemed really bland. I stopped giving a shit about Diablo when I stopped really caring about PC games. Like I think I played Diablo 2 on the PC, and I thought it was the shit for like two weeks, and that was that. <laughs> yeah, me, me and John play good games. Oh, shit. We don't, we don't, we don't fuck with Diablo. Like uh, Aliens and um, Earth Defense Wars. <laughs> yeah, dude, we, we all fuck with Diablo. <laughs> Jesus Sorry. Christ. Next topic. Slick, you don't Maybe mess... Maybe if I was still in middle school, I'd be interested in Diablo 3. Slick, you don't do the Diablo either, right? Nah. Uh, like, like, when I, play, I played the demo, it's like, all right, walk here. All right, talk to this guy. All right, now fight this. All right, go talk to this guy. And I was just like, eh. Well, here's here's one thing. For those of you that have your Xbox 360, including um, our very own Quark and Blade and the rest of the rest of the listeners, you will be happy to know that you're going to get some very good games with uh, free games on gold this month. Well, this month and in June. In June, you're going to get Dark Souls, Charlie Murder, and you're going to get Super Street Fighter 4 Arcade Edition for free. Also, they're going right, to be... Go. Oh, I love Time, yeah. fucking decade. I love it. Come on, Xbox. <laughs> PlayStation Plus Master Race. We just got Skull Girls, dude. <laughs> well here's the here's the funny thing everybody was excited because xbox one is going to be getting free games with gold too they're getting max the curse of the brotherhood and halo spartan assault so there wow. you wow <laughs> and tony hawk pro skater too oh shit oh well, my god yo that's how it feels you know on fucking rock status well here's it's here's like, the, yeah it's free uh, i mean am i really winning on this deal well, John, you know you're getting that Super Street Fighter 4 Arcade Edition. You know you're getting that. Oh, of course. Day uh, one. There you go. You oh, it's Arcade Edition? Yeah. About time. There you I'm go. About that. Slick, did you end up picking up that Arcade Edition gift set at all, or you, or or did you pull, did you just forget about it? I didn't have the dough on me. Well, on the bright side... I, want, I wanted to get it, but I didn't have the dough. Well, you're going to get this one for free now if you want to play Arcade Edition with us. <laughs> so, so everybody wins. So MTR game night, right? All right, sign me up. Definitely. So I know you guys brought up GTA 5 earlier. Well, Take-Two had a lot to be proud of because GTA 5 sold more than 33 million units. That's an increase of 500,000 since last February when Take-Two announced that the game shipped 32.5 million units last September. It is ranked as the best-selling console game of all time. That's not bundled. The bundled game that is the... Yeah, the the bundled game that that remains with that record is Mario Kart Wii with 34 million units. Nothing. I'm shocked. Where is my hype? What was that? <laughs> I'd be more excited if someone had gotten it on a 360 and could play with me. Quark. Uh, no. Where oh. is my online hype? Oh well, you gotta slick. Slick has been covering the GTA news for quite some time, and Slick has his 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 own his own issues with the game. Uh, between the hacking, oh, let go. between let the ahead. hacking and all and, and all the shit, right, Slick? Basically, all the hacking has has sucked That's all the enjoyment out of the game for him. Damn, you got nothing to say. He is in a silent rage. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> definitely. Because it's like country shit. I mean, I love the game. I love playing online with my friends. But you want, you you turn on the game and all of a sudden the freaking aliens that are that are part of the freaking um. <laughs> The side quests from the story mode are showing up out of nowhere. Motherfuckers <laughs> is using water cannons that are supposed to be from the, the freaking fire truck out of nowhere. I saw a guy with a handgun that was shooting rockets. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Right 
Holy I shit. Oh, Jesus. It's, it, it, so, I just want to comment. Isaiah says PlayStation Store is better free games than Xbox. Bioshock Infinite, Arkham City, Tomb Raider, screw Xbox, LOL. Fucking shout out to my man, Isaiah. Thank you, Quark, for, for, for that. Thank you. That allowed that allowed me to actually get some oxygen in my lungs. But um, you know, Quark <laughs> Quark has been very vocal about Sony Master Race and PlayStation 4 and his love for the system, but Sony as a company, actually fucking dropped the bomb this year with a lower annual percentage increase than the previous year. Their gaming sector had an operating loss of $78 million. That's down from last year. Uh, this was partially offset by the increase in sales for the PlayStation 4, but they were saying that they've lost money uh, because they had to write off PC games sold by you know, Sony online entertainment. In addition to that, um, PlayStation unit hard, uh, PlayStation three hardware unit sales decreased, but the software sales increased overall. Sony definitely has year to year losses, which again, shouldn't concern everybody because it's, uh, uh, losses that are being affected on the TV side. And it's also losses from the PC side. But uh, of course people want to talk about numbers right away. And they're like, Oh, you see Sony's losing money. It not it's not gonna affect consoles in the least, but I wanted to put that out there because everybody all of a sudden reads losses and they become financial fucking whiz. You know they they, they think oh I'm uh, they they got these losses they got this they got that. It's like listen, it doesn't mean anything unless Sony unless uh, the president of Sony comes on air tomorrow and goes listen we're we're folding and we're selling our our IPs to Xbox or we're selling our IPs to Nintendo. No no one's gonna give a shit. So it's okay. Calm down. <laughs> Calm the fuck down. Everybody's like, oh my god, oh, it's operating losses. Shut up. Shut up. Nothing's happening. <laughs> Nothing. It's okay. Calm down. It's all right. But it's easier to panic because everybody wants the bad news. Everybody wants bad news Barrett to walk into their house all the time. Everybody wants it. I'd be excited for that. You know? But in all seriousness, it's not it's it's not hurting anybody. It'll be alright. If anything, Sony actually, they're spinning off their laptop division. Their TV division is pretty profitable, except they're not launching OLED TVs, which whatever. People people haven't even jumped to 4K yet, so I wouldn't worry about any kind of OLED shit anyway. Simple as that. Besides, here's, here's the thing that gets me. Everybody's buying the PlayStation 4 anyway, regardless. So Sony's still making money. It's just not, it's not profitable across the board. That's all. To quote Quark, PS4 Master Race. Hashtag. <laughs> but I want to switch. I want to. I want to switch gears a little bit. Um, Ubisoft announced that they're going to be releasing Far Cry 4 November 18th for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, PS3, and Xbox 360. Everybody has a really big soft spot for Far Cry. I mean, I played. I played a few of the games. I thought it was okay. Nothing that would really set the world on fire, but. Everybody was super pumped when they announced Far Cry 4. Anybody, any of you guys play any of the Far Cry games? Far Cry 3 was tight. Far Cry Blood Dragon was one of the best games of last year. Okay. Yeah, I've heard good things about Blood Dragon. And I got to try again, it. Once again, they're shitting on the Wii U. Yeah, not happening. Wii U? What is that? Hey, hey, what about, what about Far Cry? Far Cry on the Wii U? Anyone? Anyone? Wii U. Wii U. Pretty much. Wii U. So, here's the here's the big one, and this is what I wanted to get you guys in for. The MPD numbers for the month of April have come out. Of course, big shocker, the PlayStation 4 was the best-selling console in the U.S. for the fourth no straight month. Great. 
Exactly. No way. Shocker. Um, according to the MPD numbers, of course, Xbox One was in second place with 115,000 units sold. Though Sony didn't give what out specific that? sales numbers, uh, Xbox One did sell 115,000 units. I don't know what happened. Oh. Slick, are you there? Yeah. Hold on a second. Hold on. That's weird. Hello. I'm so lonely. Hold on a second. John, can you hear me? I can I'm hear you guys. Loud and clear. Yo, John, we'll be playing Borderlands later. <laughs> On the uh, Xbox 360, right? Yeah, dude. I love my 360. Hold on a second. Slick, <laughs> are you there? On air, though. <laughs> Slick, are you still there? Well, kayfabe. I'm here. Okay. Just wanted to make sure. That was odd. It almost felt like the video connection dropped out, which it did. Yeah, it looks like it did. It was that uh, blasphemy that PS4 is outselling the Xbox One. All right. Come on, get over it, dude. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. Anyway, let's 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 not let's not get super derailed. Anyway, as I was saying, um, you know, we got PlayStation Four, of course, number one. Xbox One came in hundred and fifteen thousand units. Not a, not a bad haul for the system as a whole. With regards to what games were number one, the number one selling game for the month of April was Titanfall. Number two, Call of Duty Ghosts. How's Call of Duty Ghosts still up there? Fucking sheep. No. Number three. Number three. NBA 2K14. We'll we'll circle back. Uh, Number three. NBA 2K14. Number four. Minecraft on the Xbox 360. (laughs) Number five. Low month for gaming. I can see. There you go. Number five. Lego The Hobbit was number five. The Lego Movie Game was number six. Lego Marvel Super Heroes was number seven. The Amazing Spider-Man 2 was number 8. GTA 5 was number 9. And Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag was number 10. Holy shit. Exactly. So, with that said, you know, we already know that Sony has widened the gap in terms of sales numbers. But, you know, Titanfall did did secure the, the, the number one slot in March and in April, beating out Infamous Second Son. Now... With regards to that, and I'm going to, you know, go around the room. Slick, how do you feel about Titanfall securing the, sp- the spot for two months, even though it should have an asterisk because it's on both systems? Do you feel that the, that it's all, it's all you know, it's, it, the feedback is warranted considering that you bought Second Son and we, we were talking about it and you thought Second Son was going to take the number one slot? Well, I thought Second Son was going to take the number one slot because at the time I didn't even know that there was going to be a 360 version of Titanfall. Right. And, you know, there was simply, at the time, there were more more um, PS4s out than Xbox One. I mean, they still are. Right. But, um, but, yeah, I mean, it has a larger base to sell from, so, I mean, there's no big deal. Makes sense. Quark, with, with you know, the article you put, you put out today with regards to Titanfall, how do you feel seeing it number one for two months for two months in a row? Um, I mean, even though I thought it should be free to play, I mean, I really don't have a problem with it. I think it's a fucking great game, dude. No, like, I, I agree. Have a blast playing it. Would, right. I, would I personally spend sixty dollars for it? Absolutely not. But if people are enjoy it that much to spend that money, good for them. I mean, the games on the three sixty. I mean, it's a game like that. There's more. There's a bigger audience. That's just flat out. There's a bigger audience. Call of Duty goes same same reason. It's on every system known to man. Like you can get a, yep. you can get on my fucking Pantech for crying out loud. Well, the the funny I didn't expect Consent to be anywhere near that top ten list. I mean, well, that's the thing too. When you no look way. at it, you have all 
Well, the thing was, too, you have all these systems on multiple platforms. So it's like, oh, yeah, it's number three on the list. And I'm like, of course, it's number three on the list. Cause it's on like fucking every system. Like here's, here's yeah, exactly a- like, like we don't want to see a top 10 list filled up. OK, number one game, Titanfall 360. Number two, Call of Duty Ghost for the PS3. Number four, uh, Titanfall again and Call of Duty for the next three spots. We don't want to see that. So, I mean, hey, if, that, if that's what they want to do, hey, that's their fault for not releasing on other, on other systems. I can't really get mad. Well, here's here's the I'm thing, too. Well, here's the thing, too. And, you know, John, I know I know you played some Titanfall also. Thinking, reading, going through this list, the fact that Assassin's Creed 4, which I know Slick has played, Amazing Spider-Man 2 is on this list. With that said, do you guys feel that the MPD numbers as a whole should not, you know, should be broken down by units sold on individual system? I was going to say that I think they should have two lists. They should have a list for games that are, you know, multi-platform and a list for games that aren't. Okay. The fact that Infamous Second Son is even on there speaks something for that game, you know, in terms of how many people wanted it, because just about every other game on that list is a multi-platform title. Okay, makes sense. Uh, John Blade, in your case, you know, you're you're still rocking the 360. Let's talk about this uh, Xbox One price drop without the Kinect camera. Not only are they dropping it to 399, but they're also removing the Xbox Live Gold requirement for you to use Twitch, Netflix, or Skype on the console since you you know you're 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 looking you're kind of looking at the xbox one is this something that's gonna affect your your console choice or did you really decide that you wanted an xbox one to begin with well i the reason i'm going with xbox one is it's more of a loyalty thing also i don't like the idea of paying for two separate memberships two separate (laughs) memberships like playstation and 360 okay The, the price drop definitely helps I mean, that's an extra hundred bucks I could use to go towards an actual game that I play. So I mean, it's 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 pretty enticing. I'm glad that they did it. The Connect would have sat on top of my other Connect, collecting <laughs> dust. Connect sex, baby. That's it. My both Connects are are are, sta- are sitting next to each other on my TV. It's just so fucking weird. Yeah, that's what now, I mean. Like, in, in, I I think it was a good move as a as a as a consumer. Okay. But um, yeah, Xbox Xbox One all the way. Quark, where do you stand now with the one hundred dollar price drop? I know you wanted to make the you wanted to make the jump and pick one up. Where do you stand now? Yo, if the Xbox One goes down to three hundred dollars, I might get to get one. Everyone I play with besides John is on a fucking PS4. Okay. I have no reason to get an Xbox One. I mean, it's yo, it's time to grow up and go fucking PS4 Master Race. Oh, here you go. <laughs> All right. No, no one's going to complain about spending less money. Nope. No nobody. Nobody is going to complain about it. But the <laughs> thing is, with with guy, with, even with all of us, you know, just making the jump to multi, you know, being multi-platform owners. And in Slick's case, now that you got the one hundred dollar price drop, you know, where do you see yourself picking up an Xbox One? Do you is it something now that that is is shorter, you know, shorter down the pike, or is it something that you're still going to wait on until they get a healthier catalog of games? It's the games. The price drop and the removal of Connect doesn't mean shit to me. Cause okay. Did I care about the Connect? No, I'm, I'm glad they took it off. But, it, I mean, they could drop it to $100. I mean, at that point, yeah, it's easy to buy. But there's still, for me personally, no games to play on it. Because the games that are out, either I can get them on PS4 or PS3, or I don't care about them. Killer Instinct. Hey, I like that shit. Killer Instinct is fucking bananas, dude. Oh, Even... I- 
regard- oh, I think I can suck my asshole. Yeah, I know, I know, I know you hate it, Slick. I know you hate it, and whatever to you know. I want the original back. It really all comes down to preference when you get down to it. Well, here's the funny thing with Killer Instinct: when you get the the Ultra Edition, they give you the original Killer Instinct for free, so you can play it on Xbox One. Well, the only thing that bothers me is yeah, that they I didn't have the original Killer Instinct, so that that's not a reason for me to get a console. To oh get no, a no, no! Game. Oh yeah, it's not. It's not a. It's not a selling point, but like I had told you, you know, for me it was like, oh yeah, you know, you basically get Titanfall for free. I wanted Killer Instinct, and you know, it was it, it was it was the the bigger allure. And don't get me wrong, I play Killer Instinct practically every other day because I enjoy it. I mean, do I do I feel that there should have been a couple of more characters? Yeah, but now that. They they kind of have figured it out and they're working the whole character release schedule out. I'm sure we're we're gonna get a a version with more characters like anything else. It's it's it all boils down to preference. Same thing with the the PS4. You guys you got Infamous Second Son. You got your you know some people were were hyped for Knack, which you know I thought was okay. It it's one of those things where preference is key because at the end of the day there's very few and we talked about this before individual games that are going to make you jump out of your skin to buy the system like we haven't Let reached that point question, i saw our book on Killer instant recently and they can't even have a boss here's the funny thing you at the end of the game you fight you fight um what's his name fucking uh cyborg dude Fulgore. You fight Fulgore at the end every time because Fulgore pretty much was the last character put out and he was like the second to last boss for, you know, more or less in, in, in the previous game. So I guess he's the boss of the game. Yeah, he's, he's pretty much the boss of the game. There's no... Here's the funny thing. The storyline is you start the game, you get a brief story for the character, then you beat the game and you get like a brief character ending, but there's no like legitimate plot. You know what I mean? Like, like there's, a Street Fighter Cross Tekken. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's kind of like a veiled plot, and then certain things you find out at the end, and you're like, "Oh, okay, that's kind of cool." But then there's certain things that you're like, "Eh." I mean, the character design is really cool. I liked what they did with like Chief Thunder, and you know, the costumes and stuff that you can get for the characters. Certain characters, like the like the chick they added that uses all the spider attacks, she's pretty cool. She's a pretty easy pick up and play character. But you know, you need guys like Cinder. You know, TJ, you know, TJ Combo not being in the game kind of kind of burns me a little bit because those those are staples. You know, I picked up an art book and it has like. Both sketches and actual art from the game, and I'm right. like, I hate the character design. It's weird. It's weird when you see it. I mean, that's one of those things, you know, when you're seeing it in, in full HD and you're looking at it yourself, it's like the character design varies from character to character. The level design for the characters is really good. Like when you fight Spinal, like his board is ridiculous. You know, you got like the, the Kraken tentacles and the pirate ship in the background. And then it starts raining and shit when you, you know, on like Chief Thunder stage and the rain goes over the characters. So, you know, there, there's a lot of cool shit. I just feel that they should have put the entire roster of original original characters that that's all i feel val says killer instinct sounds like an incomplete game i definitely feel that they wanted the name recognition out there and then they just started building the game out as they went along i do agree Damn. it really it really is because it's like well think about it they released the game of what two characters originally jago and more jago and then they were like it was like jago then then you know um chief thunder and then it's like oh i got two then Sidera was three, then Orchid was four. By the time you were done, you know, you had the whole whopping eight characters. And you know what it is? I don't complain about shit like that because in the old days, there were plenty of arcade games where you only had, whatever, six characters to choose from. 
or whatever it was. So it, it, it's not the end-all, be-all. I was just pissed off that they didn't use the entire original roster. That was my bigger gripe. Like, you know, why can't you put TJ Combo in there or Cinder or Idol at the end? You know, like, that was bullshit. That was my own, that was my really big gripe. It's owned by Amazon. What was that? Why? What was that, Quark? I didn't hear you. Because the company that made the new Killer Instinct got bought by Amazon. They did, and then they the rights switched to another company, which um, they're going to handle the re- the remaining development of the game and supposedly whatever other characters are coming. I believe they finished, they actually came on board and finished Fulgore, whose character design is pretty cool looking. I like the, the design of the character, you know, from start to finish. It's pretty cool. Same thing with the costumes and stuff. It's all it's all great, but that's a game that it, it should have been like 30 bucks, like the ultimate version, you know? Wait, it was $60? No, 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 it wasn't $60 either. I, I ended up getting most of the stuff, because you can unlock most of the stuff as you beat the game, because you get currency and you can buy the stuff. And then otherwise, you know, you can buy the, the, the kit. I think I had, like, a gift card and shit, and I think I ended up paying, like, 10 bucks, 15 bucks to get the full game. So it's no big deal. I dig it. Like I said, the, the the fighting the fighting games on next gen, none of them have been tested yet. Everybody's saying uh, there's there's a rumor that was floating around. I saw it on on like Reddit a week ago that they were like, oh, the Street Fighter Five is gonna be the first next gen fighting game, and I'm like, listen, Street Fighter Five. I'll tell you this much, um, and and this is you know, Derek Rose will come back before Street Fighter Five gets released. <laughs> Period. That's you know for, that's a that's a basketball reference. I'm sure some of you guys. It'll will be a bundle that. with the detox album. There you go. You get the detox album before you get Street Fighter Five. Like get the fuck out of here. It's not happening. I hate to admit it, but I it's like I love Street Fighter. I, I, I wouldn't want Street Fighter Five to be the first like full next gen yep. fighting game. Nope. I, I want somebody to make some new shit. Some also new shit. Capcom Four. Thank you. Nah. If anything, if anything, it's probably gonna be um, Injustice: Gods Among Us Two. It's probably going to be the first like next gen game because they've been kind of teasing it a little bit. So I kind of see that being one of the first. I don't know, man. It was okay. Is it is it going to set the world on fire? No. It was it was it was enjoyable for what it was. I mean, if if anything, a case could be made that the next the next gen game should be a new Mortal Kombat. I wouldn't mind that. But then when you count UFC. See, but the UFC game is weird because EA EA is like, oh yeah, we're going to put Bruce Lee in there. And then there was a rumor, and, I, and I'm and I'm sure you guys will appreciate this, that you were going to be able to put Goku in the game. Fuck yeah! Yeah, I'm like, what? So it's it's a rumor. It's a rumor that's been floating around quite a bit about Goku being in the UFC game, and I'm like, that I would lose all respect for EA at that point because that's fucking stupid. Bruce Lee, I can understand, but if anything, <laughs> give me Chuck Norris. Put Chuck Norris in there. Give me Bruce Chuck Lee. Norris, there be. I want Steven Seagal. Yeah, but Steven Seagal would beat everybody in the game because he invented fighting. <laughs> That's what he does. You know, Steven Seagal, every time he coaches a guy and a guy wins, oh, yeah, I taught him that technique. When Anderson Silva won the fight via front kick to Vitor Belfort's fucking dome, he was like, yeah, I taught him that technique. You taught him how to fucking say hamburger in English. Shut up. Out of here. I taught him that technique. He learned that from me. Really? Really? Yeah, okay. He learned how to stick his foot in front of him? Pretty much. It's like it's like Donald Trump in the UFC. But that's what I mean. Like Goku in a, in a real live MMA game. Come on, guys. Like that. If, if that were true, I'd I'd be like EA. Really? Like you couldn't put like if you're gonna put Bruce Lee, you could put Chuck Norris. That'll be kind of cool. 
Because Chuck Norris is a legit I martial artist. Possible, though, as far as Dragon Ball Z and gaming, doesn't Bandai Namco have the right? Yeah, and that's and that's that's the first that's the first thing that dispelled that rumor. But for some reason, it's picked up a lot of steam the last couple of weeks. I don't know why, but I'm like, really? That's that's kind of stupid. You just have a uh, Bruce Lee in a blue and orange gi as an alternate costume. Yeah, I mean, look. Yeah, I could see if like the creator a character option would let you make somebody that looks like Goku. That I'm fine with that. No, if anything, like I said, if you're gonna put Bruce Lee in there as a character, I'd put him and Chuck Norris. That's kind of cool, you know. Like those guys were the original, or some of the original martial artists, and you know, putting their disciplines and their techniques in the game isn't very difficult. The thing that bothers me is when you start talking about putting imaginary fucking guys in the game, then then you start losing respect for it because it's not that game is you know the UFC game is supposed to be a simulation, not a it's not NBA Jam and shit, you know. There you go. I mean, the Bruce Bruce Lee in the game looks fucking fantastic. I we actually got a trailer which I'm gonna put on the site which shows him in the game. So that that's gonna be pretty interesting. I know John John likes playing the UFC games. You you could do the Showtime kick off the cage. I'm so ready. <laughs> that's gonna be the only move I go to. God forbid someone actually hits me. That's every every move. Yep. The Showtime kick. They I'll added. Be that the, guy. Yep. They added that. The um. They added all the uh, slam KOs. So you get the official slam KOs now. So, you know, there's a couple of things. And, and of course, you know, you can fight as the ladies. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. You know, some guy's going to be like, why can't I use Ronda Rousey against George St. Pierre? Because it, it's a it's a domestic <laughs> fucking crime, you, re- you stupid asshole. But for those of you that do want the UFC game, it hits stores uh, June 17th. So with that said, that actually um, wraps up the gaming segment for this week. Uh, just to throw it to you guys, you guys got anything else to add? I'll start with Slick. Anything else? Yeah, I just, just read here that the Xbox 360 version of Watch Dogs has two discs. Because <laughs> there's a whole there's damn near an instruction manual just for installing the game. Oh, my God. Get the fuck out of here. What? Can you repeat that? Two discs. It's a two-disc set. The Xbox 360 version of Watch Dogs comes with two discs. There's an article on watchdogs.ubi.com entitled, They Came Out Yesterday, Xbox 360 Hard Drive Installation. Insert disc one into your 360 and <laughs> select your preferred save device. Allow the game to fully install. Please do not remove your, de- remove your device. Oh, Jesus. That's just so, so bad. Quark, what about you? Anything to add? Um, yeah, just because I shit on the Xbox One, I still think it's... Uh, Good for business. I mean, it's the first time since the Nintendo and Sega back in the 90s where the, the two companies really duped it out. Okay. I mean, I mean look, I, think, I, don't think the, I don't think Xbox would have ever went down to $400 if it wasn't for Sony being smart in the first place. Right. So, I mean, I think, I think, I think both companies are working off each other to make the best experience possible for us. We, we win no matter what. Yep. Except I... for John, because fuck Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> John, anything else you want to add? Uh, no, I had fun. Uh, so my my defense for uh, my choosing of the Xbox One, like Slick said, it has games that I want to play, like Dead Rising and Titanfall. No, you play Titanfall. It's, it's, it's a personal thing cause... I'm at three frames per second. Get out of here! <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, silly me. Oh Jesus! All right. Um, the only thing the only thing I will say to to close things out. Uh, and this will kind of set us up as a preview for the next show and, and also the, the, the E3 panel in June. And I'll take it to Slick first. E3, what do you think? The, do you think the rumors of a brand new Uncharted are going to be true? And if so, 
if we're going to see a new Uncharted... Maybe we, Drake better be the main character. He will, but bes- besides that, if we get a brand new Uncharted on PS4, what do you think Xbox One needs to bring to the table to compete? Well, you know, they're, they're just bringing more Halo. <laughs> <laughs> when know? in doubt, more Master Chief. That's it, Master Chief on a bicycle. <laughs> All right. Halo is their go-to. Okay, Quark, what about you? Titanfall even looks a bit like Halo. Yeah. They need to bring out Xbox All-Stars Battle Royale. What do you mean, like a Smash Starring Brothers Master style? Chief. Starring Master Chief and all his different colors? <laughs> Master Chief, oh my God. Master, Master Chief, Chief and the Hellhampers. Master Chief, Chief Thunder, the guy from Fable, and the dude from... Don Shepard. Um, That's all you need. Oh, and Dom. <laughs> from Gears oh, of War. The Tom's father. <laughs> the Tom's father. Oh, and Bruce Lee. And Bruce Lee. Okay. All right. And Alan Wake. Oh, shit. Alan Wake. Alan Wake 2. If Alan Wake 2 gets announced, I'll go buy an Xbox One. Mark my fucking words. Okay. I need Crackdown 3 to get Crackdown 3. Damn it. <laughs> Crack, Crackdown 3. Okay. John Blade, what do you think? Fable 4. Fable 4. Forever. <laughs> I got, I got, I'm having too much fun with this. I got, I got to tell you this, based, based on the rumors, based on the rumors I've seen, and some of them are starting to become repetitive, so they're starting to pick up a little steam, um, a brand new Uncharted, uh, possibly a teaser for a new God of War on the PlayStation side, plus, allegedly, they're going to show off the Uncharted game with the Morpheus headgear, which I'm sure is going to look ridiculous. On the Xbox side of things, supposedly a brand new uh, Gears, something Gears related, and um, supposedly, and, and again, take this with a grain of salt, uh, backwards compat, not backwards compatibility, but being able to play uh, 360 titles on your Xbox One via streaming. Wow, that doesn't sound like the PlayStation did that. Oh yeah, exactly. Well, the whole backwards compatibility yeah, thing. All my 360 games on on Xbox One, I'd have it tomorrow. Oh yeah, but but you know what the problem is? Going that route would be incredibly difficult because uh, from what they're saying, it's it's a hardware thing at this point. But with with that said, showing off showing off something like Uncharted and and you know god of war on the sony side of things is going to make a huge impact everybody's going to lose their shit cuz they're going to be like oh shit you know more god of war oh look more uncharted the but the only thing that would be like a surprise would be the god of war cuz uncharted yep. was already teased yep at the playstation 4 launch that's right so if they didn't show uncharted 4 and e3 people would be like what the fuck happened to uncharted that's this this is true but again these rumors and speculation i am concerned though because on the xbox side of things they really don't have much like we know a halo game is coming you know what i mean like that's not even a surprise at this point oh my god (laughs) no hulk hogan's micro wrestling league no but but that's what i mean like when you look at it what what are we going to expect from xbox another halo some sort of a gears Maybe something extra related to Titanfall. But again, it's not like Microsoft's... Game Central 4. That's what I'm saying. Like, everything they're going to show off is probably going to be multi-platform with some exclusivity first. Obviously, new Call of Duty, Advanced Warfare is going to be shown. And that's probably going to be shown on Xbox One first because that's the one that, you know, that's that's what they used in the teaser. And that's what I mean. Like, they're not bringing anything to the table that's going to make me really, really be happy to report on it. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, look, more Halo. You know, it's like, oh, look, more Halo. They could actually have an original idea. They could. 
I'd be more surprised if Nintendo fucking stole the show at E3 more than anything. Don't make fun I mean, of I want to go to E3 just so I can go to the Microsoft booth and laugh at the laugh at um <laughs> laugh at the guy that's presenting Maximum Overdrive. Like, are you fucking serious about this? <laughs> well, here's here's the thing with that. I um. Slick Slick knows about this. I picked up a Microsoft Surface uh, earlier this week. I got it off of eBay, and um, I got it with a free keyboard and everything. And a lot of people are like, oh, you know, gaming is bullshit, blah, blah, blah. So I downloaded the, the Halo game that's on the Surface. Again, there's a Halo game on the Surface. <laughs> Why? Why? But either way, you get achievements and all that shit. And I, and I was messing around with it. I'm like, okay, this is kind of cool. The only thing I would like Microsoft to finally do is to make all their shit work together. In other words, you you got apps on Windows RT. Those are apps that you can use on Xbox One. Those are apps that you could use on Windows 8. Make the synergy work. They were talking about it for Windows Mobile, but make it work across the board. In other words, if you, you, know, you want to download... If you want to download the Twitch app, that'll work the same way across all platforms versus, oh, you know, Xbox One has their version that you could stream from, et cetera, et cetera. You know, same thing with what they were asking with uh, what Danny mentioned about indie game development. And, you know, Dark Helmet mentioned it as well. Like, take those indie games that are small and release them across the board. Like, there's no, you know, there's no synergy between all their shit. Like, at least Sony's like, oh, you got the Vita, which is a fucking paperweight. You can still use it to play our shit. Even Nintendo, to a, to a degree, is starting to kind of make all their stuff work in synergy together. Microsoft is the only one that has all this shit and none of it plays nice together. It's crazy. At least the Vita lets you remote play most of your games. That's what I mean. But let's not kid ourselves. The Vita's a fucking dud, too. Let's not let's not even anybody that, that, that comes on here and says, oh, the Vita's a great system, really. How many, how many are selling? It's not. It's not even. More than con- the PSP Go. Yeah, well, the PSP, the PSP Go is a fucking travesty. But, but in all seriousness, it's like Microsoft has all this stuff that if it worked in tandem, it would be, it would be insane. Like, imagine you take your games. Imagine being able to play Titanfall against other gamers on Xbox 360 and on the PC. Why can't you do that? <laughs> you know, does that make any sense? Not at all. Quark, you you know you you play you play in Titanfall. What think about it? If you could play Titanfall on your PC against uh, or on your Xbox 360 against John, if he had an Xbox One, wouldn't it make for a better experience? Because it would just increase the potential of competition. No, no, <laughs> you fucking. I don't know Xbox One users sticking on my experience. Oh fuck you, <laughs> jerk off. No, but it, it, uh, no, but seriously, seriously, I, I, in all seriousness. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you rather have competition across the board? Yeah, if, if it wouldn't make the game. If, if I mean, if there wasn't any network problems with it, I wouldn't see the problem. And that's what kills Whatever. me. You also have to deal with people like on PC easily being able to mod games. Well, th- that would be the only thing. Like if you're playing the game against anybody else on the PC, it would just be straight across. You know, it would just be the straight version of the game. No mods allowed. Obviously, Slick has something to say about mods anyway for, for GTA 5. But, you know, in all... It, no problem with mods. <laughs> no, but, but, it, but in all seriousness, it's like Microsoft has all these, uh, these platforms where all their games are, and the fact that you can't even make them fucking coexist together boggles my mind. It legitimately trips me out. I'm like, why can't I play Titanfall against guys on Xbox 360 if it's the same fucking game from start to finish? 
Microsoft is going to shut it down at E3. They're going to blow everybody out the water because they're going to come out. They're going to do their statement. And they're going to look. It's got this brand new game coming out. It's completely <laughs> Here we 100% go. Xbox exclusive. Here we go. Brand name, Wet 2. Oh, my God. Oh, what a what a terrible idea. What a what a terrible idea. Wet too. Ugh. I got to announce the new hot title from the people who brought you Skyrim and the Fallout series. Comes the sequel that you've all been waiting for since the first Pokemon journey. Wet too. <laughs> no, here, here's here's the funny thing. They're gonna say, "Hey, we're gonna launch cross-platform gaming, and the first game everybody will be able to play is Tetris." <laughs> 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 That's what it's gonna be. Cross platform gaming. Everybody looks fucking playing. Yep. You, hear, you just hear like all kinds of you know, the Tetris walk intense, man. Door, and you hear, <laughs> That's it. <laughs> cross cross platform Tetris, ladies and gentlemen. That's the wave of the future. That and the return Whatever of one with a smart glass. That and the return of one versus one hundred. Remember that slick? <laughs> yes, because I I love that shit. We used to play that shit like every Friday and Saturday night. Oh yeah, I remember, dude. We you used to get in together and play. You don't know Jack. Oh fuck that game! Didn't I fling it across the room when you were here? That's exactly it. And yeah. I, I still think it's because I won, not because you hated the game. Oh no, I hated the game, Damn. dude. I hated the. Let me tell you, I could eat. I could eat atomic wings from Buffalo Wild Wings and taking a hot shit with a festering asshole would be more enjoyable than playing that fucking game. <laughs> I would pray to the gods for cold water to splash on my butt cheeks, and I would enjoy that more than playing that game. <laughs> Period. Satisfaction in your face when that game was priceless. Oh, it was terrible. It was terrible. Anyway, that wraps up our gaming segment for this week. As always, you can find the MTR family, the Buried Boys, at QuarkMTR on Twitter, at John U. Butler on Twitter, and of course, MTR Slick on Twitter. And if you want to interact with them on our Facebook fan page, you can do that as well. Make sure to check out Quark's latest content on MyTakeRadio.com, including a new installment of Buried, a new Titanfall piece, and a piece on Transformers, which will be dropping later on today. All right. Fucking Quark Week, baby. That's it. It is Quark Week. All right, I will catch you guys later. Peace. 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 All right, there they go. Quark, Blade, and our very own Slick. Uh, gaming gaming was a fun time this week. It is uh, 1.40 Eastern Standard Time. Uh, for those of you listening on the Blog Talk radio feed, that feed will go off air at 2 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And um, you can continue listening, mtrlive.com, gfqlive.tv, and, of course, mixler.com forward slash mytakeradio. All right. Let's get into this week's entertainment news. There is quite a bit to discuss, and hopefully we won't go into four-hour territory this week. So let's get the ball rolling, shall we? So this week's entertainment news is going to open up with some what the fuck movie news. It's been a while. Mortis kind of spoiled it when we were talking about it. But get this kickboxer, you know, Jean-Claude Van Damme, Tong Po, Mei Ling, good fuck. That one, that movie. Guess what? Remake time. But it gets better. It's going to have 
GSP, Batista, and it's also going to introduce a new actor, Elaine Masui, who will be in the lead role. Uh, Masui was a world-renowned stuntman and martial artist with credits including Days of the Future Past, Immortals, Pacific Rim, and White House Down. He will be playing the main role of Kurt Sloan. And of course, if you guys know Kickboxer, you know the plot. Uh, Kurt's brother David gets defeated by Tong Po, and he goes to avenge his brother and learns from uh, you know the uh, you know the what the the mystery guy uh, Zian Chao who teaches him, and of course he goes on to fight Tong Po and defeat him. Couple of things: number one, GSP is not playing the role that Van Dam played. Why is this not happening? Number two, Batista is in this movie. This, that's all I'm telling you. Batista's in this movie. If Batista plays Tong Po, I'm going to vomit. I imagine him coming out with his belly button tattoo. You bleed like Mei Ling. Mei Ling, good fuck. Like, just super boring. Like, it's not It's not like, you know, Tong Po in Kickboxer, who was just an iconic villain. Like, it's Batista. And I'm like, all right, you announced the casting of Batista, so clearly... He's going to be playing some sort of a big character because you wouldn't just announce his casting for for the sake of of nothing. So with that said, a kickboxer remake is going to happen and it looks like they're going to try and show it at the Cannes Film Festival. Of course, once we hear a little bit more, we will be sharing more about this gem with you guys. So there you have it. On the small screen side of things, of course, there's a lot of network up fronts this week. Plus, there's a lot of announcements. Uh, last night was the Green Arrow finale. And if you are a DC Universe fan, you I'm sure you have seen the trailer for the brand new series for The Flash, which is also on MyTakeRadio.com. But in addition to that, I personally, as a fan, am very happy to hear that Hannibal on NBC, which was extremely underrated, was announced as getting a third season. So very pumped about that. Um, definitely a show that pushes the envelope in terms of of blood and gore and just overall uh, scary shit. So it's pretty cool to hear that Hannibal is getting a third season. So sw- let's switch gears a little bit and talk about box office totals. Get this, and this was very, very shocking to me. Neighbors dethroned The Amazing Spider-Man 2, taking $50 million uh, this past week. Uh, the Amazing Spider-Man got knocked to the number two slot. What the hell is going on? Why am I getting getting some weird crackling? Anyway, Amazing Spider-Man 2 got knocked to the number two slot. The other woman was number three. Heaven is for real was number four. Captain America was number five. Rio 2 was number six. Legends of Oz was number seven. Actually, uh, Mom's Night Out was number seven. Legends of Oz was number eight. Divergent was number nine. And Brick Mansions was number 10. Definitely a rest in peace. Shout out to community. Thank you, Quark. And, de- and definitely a shout out to Jay Santi for Blacklist, which I actually started checking out casually. It definitely is a very, very cool show. Um, you know, th- things are weird now with regards to network TV, because I'll be honest when I tell you I wasn't fully committed to network television for quite some time just because the programming never really got my attention. But network TV has been stepping their game up. I was primarily a cable, a cable guy in the sense that, you know, Game of Thrones, The Wire... Uh, Boardwalk Empire, The Sopranos, True Blood, Nurse Jackie for a little bit. Uh, I started watching Penny Dreadful, which actually looked pretty decent on Showtime. So I'm starting to get more into the network stuff. I just can't deal with the whole, you know, 12 episodes, then this long hiatus, then it comes back. 
But I actually have been watching more network shows as of late. You know, I watch Hawaii Five-0, um, Elementary. Uh, what the hell else am, am I watching? Uh, Burn Notice I used to watch. Arrow I, I watch, of course, on Wednesdays. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which actually has stepped their game up because Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was pretty much on my death watch as a show that I was going to watch just because I felt it was complete horseshit. But it started to redeem itself after the events of Captain America Winter Soldier. What happens on the next season remains to be seen. And of course, with the return of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they also announced that Agent Carter is coming to ABC as well. That's going to follow Sharon Carter, uh, the love interest of Steve Rogers, in the first Captain America. And uh, that's going to be very interesting as well. But again, I was very shocked to see... Oh, BBC Sherlock is amazing, Jay. Amazing. Dude, it's like 90-minute episodes, and the dialogue is insane. I cannot recommend it enough. It is it is fantastic television. Well-written, supreme acting. Every part of it is just insane, so definitely check that out. Like I was saying, I was really shocked to see The Amazing Spider-Man 2 get knocked down to the number two slot by Neighbors. Um, our new guy, The Rightist, actually uh, reviewed Neighbors, and he gave it four and a half out of five stars, so... I mean, R-rated comedies faring so well and being so well-received is not something you see every day, and I'm sure this is going to raise the stock for not only Seth Rogen, but also for Zac Efron as well. On the superhero side of things, it was announced earlier this week that Channing Tatum will be playing Gambit not only in the follow-up to X-Men, X-Men Apocalypse, but will also be getting his solo film, as well so c tates will be trading in his shirtless magic mike attire and he will be playing the raging cajun in the x-men universe so you know take it for what it's worth i feel that c tates as gambit he can't be any better or any worse than taylor kitsch who played him in x-men origins wolverine so i'm gonna i'm gonna give him a shot like i said we're gonna see him uh with his playing cards in tow in X-Men Apocalypse. And of course, like I said, he will be getting a solo film as well. Um, I'm curious, like I said, to see how Channing Tatum does and how he interacts with the already established cast of the X-Men, current X-Men incarnation. We'll see what happens. Like I said, he will be in X-Men Apocalypse and he will be getting a solo film as well. I'm sure Slick is going to be interested in this. Star Trek 3 is a go, and J.J. Abrams will not be directing. Roberto Orsi will be directing the third installment of Star Trek. So there you have it. Star Trek 3 is a go, and Robert Orsi will be directing. Now, the next bit of What the Fuck movie news is a little obscure. Some of you guys may not be familiar with this film, but this is a film that a lot of us that are horror fans have probably seen once or twice, and we've seen the sequels as well, and that is Maniac Cop. If you guys have, if you guys aren't familiar with it, Maniac Cop follows a police officer named Matt Cordell who was wrongfully accused of a crime he didn't commit, was put in jail with guys that he put in there who then proceeded to stab him, leave him for dead. Everybody thought he died, but it turns out he didn't. He was just horribly disfigured, and he proceeded to wage a one-man war, not only on the on the guys that wronged him, but also on the individuals that put him in jail as well. Uh, it's a guilty pleasure. It's not one of the greatest movies, but it's definitely very enjoyable. But it looks like Maniac Cop is going to get a remake. Ed Brubaker is involved, and it looks like it's a go. I mean, Maniac Cop is so old and so obscure that, 
you know, I'm curious to see how they can bring it to the big screen. We haven't had a good slasher film in quite some time, especially one that could be rated R. We've been getting, you know, a lot of PG-13 shit. So I'm curious to see what they do. But, you know, Ed Brubaker is going to be involved in bringing Maniac Cop back to the big screen. Slick informed me that Liquid Television is back on MTVOther.com. If you guys remember, Liquid Television was a variety show. I remember that Aeon, Aeon Flux was part of that. Am I right, Slick? Was Aeon Flux part of Liquid Television, if I'm correct? Um, you know, that that's a, you know, Liquid Television is something I haven't heard from in, you know, I haven't heard in years, and I'm a little rusty with that, but Slick brought it to my attention and I know some some of you guys may want to check it out. Uh, you can check it out on MTVother.com. Ah, Daria. Yep, it was Daria, Aeon Flux. Thank you, Slick, and Beavis and Butthead. Ah, there you go. See, I, I was so out of touch with that shit because it's been such a long time. Anyway, you know, it's good, it's good to see that they're going to try and bring that stuff back. For those of you that want to check it out, like I said, MTVother.com. All right, so... The last bit of entertainment news, and I want to close up with this, of course, is the brand new Batman costume. Now, a lot of people have been very vocal about Batman and how he looks and Ben Affleck's casting. And the funny thing about it is that I, I you know, I looked at the costume and this is the thing. Zack Snyder, he's been very, very vocal, not only about doing the character justice, but also just about bringing him to the big screen and I, I like the Batmobile that they showed off. And the picture itself, I want to share it with you guys. The The picture itself is pretty cool looking, as you can see. Uh, this is right off our Facebook fan page. Um, very Frank Miller-ish. You can see it has the larger bat. Ben Affleck got in really good shape for the role. If you lighten the picture, I actually have a version that I lightened with Photoshop. The, you know, the costume looks really good. The Batmobile... Looks like a mixture of the Tumblr and also looks like the Batmobile that you'll be seeing in Batman Arkham Knight. Again, it doesn't look terrible. It It's just something I can't I can't say, oh, it's going to be shitty because all we're showing are photos. But based on what I've seen, there's there's a lot of Frank Miller Batman influence. Like I said, the Batmobile looks like a mix between Tim Burton's Batmobile as well as the Tumblr from the Nolan Batman films. It doesn't look terrible at all. Um, again, I want to see more. I got to commend Ben Affleck for getting in great shape. And, um, you know, they, they showed pictures of him wandering around town. And, you know, he's got he's got into solid shape. The ears are definitely smaller, um, a la The Dark Knight Returns. And, and again, everybody, and I've said this before, it's very easy to, to, to make assessments and shit on it. But it looks, it looks fairly promising. Um... I think they're going to definitely dial Ben Affleck up to 11. And I think him playing an older Batman is going to be very, very interesting. The one thing that has been jumping out a lot is the fact that there is a rumor floating around that we may see the Joker in Batman versus Superman. I don't know how legit that is, but I know one of the guys on the create on the production team shared a, a picture of the Joker and, um, you know, he kind of alluded to it a little bit. Again, I just feel you don't want to cram too much into that film because there's a lot going on as it is. But again, I, I really like the costume. I think there's there's tremendous potential there. And, you know, we, we got we're starting to get an established DC universe. And if it's done right, it may actually give the Avengers and the Marvel Universe some competition. But again, it's very easy to speak negatively because 
there's not, you know, you know, it's one of those things that it's, it's very easy to get mad with such limited information. All right. So with that said, that is actually going to wrap up the show for this week. We actually made it to slightly under three hours, kind of pumped about that. Anyway, just a couple of things to bring to everybody's attention. Godzilla is in theaters. I will be there Saturday morning with my big obnoxious glow in the dark Godzilla t-shirt. You'll be seeing a review for that on mytakeradio.com. Of course, there's going to be plenty of content coming this weekend. Uh, next week, we, um, you know, next week I'm actually off that Friday. So next week's show should be very interesting as well. Plus we got consumer electronics week in June. I believe Jay is probably going to go to the Ring of Honor show, and I know Jay will also be checking out the House of Glory show, so be on the lookout for that as well. Definitely a, a great night this week. Thanks a lot to Quark, Blade, and Slick for their contributions to the show, and of course, Jay in the chat. And um, as always, uh, if you guys want to be on a future episode of My Take Radio, drop me a line, mtrhost at mytakeradio.com. So let's take it away, shall we? You've just heard My Take Radio episode 228 for Thursday, May 15th, 2014. Like I said, if you want to be a guest on a future episode of My Take Radio, would like to advertise with us, or have any feedback, email me at mtrhost at mytakeradio.com. You can also call our feedback line, 347-815-0687. That's 347-815-0MTR. Last but not least... You can always find us on social media, on Twitter, at MyTakeRadio. Become a fan on Facebook. Add us to your circles on Google+. Follow our boards on Pinterest. And lastly, if you want to support MyTakeRadio, make sure to check out our Patreon segment, um, our Patreon account, I should say. It's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, Patreon.com, forward slash MyTakeRadio. And if you want to support the show, you can do a dollar per episode or $5 per episode. With that, like I said, if you donate a dollar per episode, you will get um, a thank you on air. And if you donate $5, you will get an on air thank you. Plus, you will have a Patreon supporter credit on the video for that week's episode. So there you have it. On behalf of myself, Slick, Quark, Blade, The Rightist, and the rest of the MTR family, I will see you guys next week. Thank you guys for tuning in and for your continued support as always. Let's get the hell out of here, shall we? Our music for this week will be, uh, we're going to go out with the, oh man, what the hell happened? I actually had music for this week. I suck. <laughs> All right. We're actually going to go out with the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. It's Morphin Time from ocremix.org. The artist is Will Rock. Again, thanks for listening. Catch you guys next week. Peace. Ah, it's Biatch! Uh, 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 u